0: Welcome to Profiles in Eccentricity, a show about weirdos, with your hosts, John Fahey, Aaron Peter, and Matt Broussard.
1: Hello, folks. Welcome to Profiles in Eccentricity. It's a show about weirdos. Doggone it. My name is John Boy. I'm your host, John Francis Fahey, the COVID kid, a.k.a. Mm. COVID Barely 19, baby. Mm. John Francis Fahey, your host, joining me as ever, the pinnacle and perfection of perversion. That is uh, uh,
2: Clark Cunt. <laughs> Bruce Wang. <laughs> Bruce Wang. Aaron Joseph Peta. That's me, man. Mild mannered cuck. Mm-hmm. Love,
0: pal. You get it. To your right, my left, handsome Matt Brousseau, the Cape God, Gape God. Oh, Hallie. Hi, how are you? <laughs> what are you staring me down for Yeah what's pal?
2: going on Trying to come up with a name
0: oh, I'm Trying to come <laughs> Yeah up The Canuck Run Amok There you go That's pretty good mm-hmm. It's okay it's fine. It's all right. It'll work. It'll do. F- the, the
2: frog with the uncut hog. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the frog oh, and the
0: hog. Yeah. Oh. yeah heard the story of the frog and the hog. Yeah. The frog. I set mean, on this on guy's dick was a time. real pig. Yeah, yeah, he goes, "Hey, it's my nature." <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm a frog. <laughs> what? I'm a simple frog. I'm <laughs> just a simple frog. Uh, yeah. Get a little extra leap off the lily pad. There you go. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah.
2: The problem is my prodigious hog mm-hmm. catches the water, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it, it's not very aqua-dynamic, mm. hydrodynamic. Drags it down. <laughs> it's drag. It's like, yeah. it's like a rudder. It's like a rudder no the water. It's like it wants to swamp! <laughs> Swamp thing! <laughs>
0: hey kids. <laughs> what brings hey. you to uh, what brings you to this? Learning sucks, woods? kids. This shit goes nowhere. You know what? Reading sucks too. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck it. Yeah, man. Fuck your parents. Hey, hey. Fuck your way of life. Smoke grass. Dude. <laughs> the green. Yeah, get into the green. <laughs> Do DMT. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we all float down <laughs> here. Take a bite of my nipples and trip out,
0: dude. <laughs> I'm not a swamp man. That should be thing. a thing in Swamp yeah. Thing. It is. It
1: is? Remember in the show? Oh my God, like you suck his dick and you. it's like <laughs> oh, doing ayahuasca. that's
2: oh yeah, ayahuasca Suck yeah, his yeah. fucking
1: Swamp Thing. Throwing a flower oh, out of your oh nose. Oh my God, and the oh, floor and the fauna
2: puts all kinds of psychedelic oh, imagery inside your brains. Yeah, dude, awesome. you fucking trip out with your dick out. Oh my God. Oh, well, uh, in the show, they did a thing, and I'm actually I'm sure it was from Alan Moore too, where like... He like grows a fucking thing out of his hand and it's a flower and he yeah. blows. You the, this. the uh yeah. the pollen in her face and she she, she has a
0: fucking and like she, a goes, a she goes into animal man. antics. Mm-hmm.
2: That's right. She goes
1: into Animal Antic shock. That's right. Ugh. Starts acting uh a fool. Cool. Like, she starts acting like a Gita. <laughs> Uh, can I tell you about the, the, the fellow with the web searches? Uh, I would love yeah, to yeah, break see, see. this With, with uh, the, with the, with the murder? Yeah, you I'd briefly, you violate this man's murder. privacy. Um, so there's one of those guys where he does the classic thing on his child's iPad? Uh, he's killing his wife. And, uh, and he's, and he's really narrating it to Google
0: search, basically. You think he was doing, like, Siri? He's like, hey, Siri. Hey,
2: Siri, how do I kill my wife? Hey, um. <laughs> Mm, real quick,
0: uh, Siri?
2: Hey, Siri, how do you get bloodstains out of Velour?
0: Oh, my oh God. Oh, no. Oh, no, now you're on a list, Jesus dude. Jesus Christ. Oh, You're oh on a no.
2: fucking list now, 10 dude. Ways to Kill... Dude, of... Oh, my God. Top 10 Ways to Kill Your Wife by Steve Hudgens, at Amazon.com.
0: Jesus Christ, Siri. Knock it off. <laughs> now, the thing that's great about this is... What's... Well, what is it? Uh, It's... it's
1: Well, you're going to recognize the accent of...
2: Uh, See, the thing about Hodu to <laughs> kill your wife with a hema,
1: <laughs> So, it's this guy? It's on. It's on the Reddit thread. Uh, watch people die inside, and it's this this very haggard man who is arrested for murder of his
0: wife, uh, and he's and he's looking on
1: as uh, the charges are read. No, no. Fuck me, running.
0: No. What do he do now?
1: I need to restart it.
0: Oh, dude, you don't have enough juice to restart. No, you thought, can't man. even you got to fucking ride a bicycle to charge that thing up.
3: Ready? <laughs> on January 4st, 1st, the defendant Googled using his son's iPad. Some of his searches are as follows. Keep in mind that the defendant said he left at 6, 6 a.m. At 4.55 a.m. on January 1st, he searched how long before a body starts to smell.
2: Starts to at smell.
3: At 4.58 a.m., body. how to stop a body from decomposing. At 5.20 a.m., he searched how to found a body. At 5.47 a.m., 10 ways to dispose, dispose of a dead body if you really need to. If you really, you really need, need to. to. <laughs> 5.00 a.m. on the 1st, how long for someone to be missing to inherit. At 6.30 a.m. on the 1st, can you throw away body parts? Body parts. At you, a.m., guess. what does formaldehyde do? <laughs> At nine thirty four AM. How long does DNA last? At nine fifty nine AM can identification be made on partial remains? At eleven thirty four These are all things you search before rememberment and the best ways to dispose of a body.
0: Jesus Christ. The body patch
3: How to clean blood from wooden floor? Floor? Eleven fifty six on the first luminol to detect blood. At one o eight, what happens when you put body parts in ammonia? <laughs> at 1.21 p.m. is it better to throw a
2: How late is too late to so fuck
0: a dead body? Is Carvel open?
3: January it was also information gained from the defendant's phone which showed on January 2nd he was at Home uh, Goods in Norwell where he purchased three rugs. Oh.
0: Three rugs. Cover up the stains. One was a wig. There was also evidence he was at Home Goods getting rugs. <laughs> this fucking guy, and he asked the same questions to the employees at Home Goods. Yeah. <sighs> uh yeah, I just uh, <laughs> I I, I, this I, this, I really amazing. love the the body pads. Uh, yeah.
2: These fucking <laughs> uh-huh. body pads. Of, how do you dispose of body pads? They got a wicked smell. Oh my god. <laughs>
0: Stinking up. What should I do with my if, wife's if, if money? You, if you
2: really need to, is
1: is great a great.
0: Yeah. If you if you really, and really I, really need,
1: to, I really, really need I really I really gotta. I, I got it. Um, <laughs> that was sent to me by Rob Douglas and uh, oh, somebody boy. else sent to me too. But uh, thank you, Rob. Thank you, Rob. <laughs> love keep love keeping the weird shit coming. You know? got I'll just pose a body pat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fellas, we're back here for uh, part two of Doug Kenny. Pat-to. Yes, Pat two. Uh, so we know from last time, uh, Doug Kenny uh, uh, felt like he needed to, uh, measure up to his older brother, the golden boy. Mm-hmm. With spina bifida. Who's, who yeah. uh, passed away, uh, when, uh, he was in college. Um, the Harvard Lampoon, of course, uh, he met with Henry Beard. The two of them decide to, uh, to go national with this thing. Mm-hmm. He never stopped doing the Lampoon. And, um, they bring bringing some of the Harvard writers with them, but also, like, uh, are secure funding for, um... The venture through uh, Maddie Simmons, who does the Weight Watchers magazine. Mm -hmm. And um, he negotiates a a really good deal. He really wants to do it. He thinks it can sell. Uh, Maddie Simmons is like, he's kind of pigeonholed in the movie as being like the uptight guy. Mm -hmm. Um, But also everybody at that, like we did see him as the authority figure. So when National Lampoon gets really crazy and like this really fractured environment, everybody could agree they kind of hate Maddie. Mm. They it's brought like, them together. Yeah, it was. Yeah, like yeah, they yeah, had yeah. to have something to rebel <laughs> right. against, yeah. basically, which is like you know an ongoing theme of national lampoons. Um,
0: and so uh, they they never stopped being.
1: And and being and, the, young and the thing kids. was like sometimes he would he would wade in throughout the career of lampoon and and he would um and he just came from like you know. This uh, sort of upstart publishing thing. He called his company Twenty First Century Publishing, and he was like, "I want something to put us on the map." And he's like, "You know, I'm only a fifty percent stakeholder in this in this Weight Watchers things." And he's going, "Other countries have humor magazines." Mm-hmm. Yes. He's like, "Mad is like a thing that you've got where it's like you just grow like it's for kids, smart kids, but like yeah. it's like you grow out of it." Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and he's like, right. and and so that you know, there's nothing between the New Yorker and Mad Magazine. Right. Um, yes, yes, it's good. Point. And and everybody, you know, that uh, is going to, in fairness, uh, write for this. Like like they grew up on Mad, mm-hmm. and Mad to a lot of those kids was like the only thing telling you, like mm-hmm. it, it, like life is ridiculous. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially in that, you you're
2: right to feel out of place. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Especially in that time where, like, you know, it's Leave It to Beaver time. Mm-hmm. You know, and. um. So that's kind of like a part of the, the energy that, that fuels this whole crazy Lampoon thing too because we, to, we have to put ourselves there and like really think about it. It only became acceptable to say like the last 30 years are bullshit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Around this time mm-hmm. in in like a public way. So they also had this like backlog of things to <laughs> make fun of. To, yeah, to yeah. You, know, oh God, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, yeah, you're right. So it was like anything, you know, especially nostalgia. Yeah. It, it was like, you know, like, the truth was, uh, yeah, it went like that if you added, like, a lot more alcoholism. Yeah.
2: <laughs> you know, like, that yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. And racism. yeah, And, yes. PTSD and, lead, and racism. Racism. lead gasoline. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, and so, uh, you know, it's, and then they are, attract people like, um, you know, Michael Donahue, who is, oh, is, yeah. is, is, is like, the really crazy motherfucker. Um, he was, like, he was the one that were, like, in those crazy days, um he would always rip the phone out of the wall after screaming at it and like somebody <laughs> and throw it out in the hallway like almost hit people and uh he was just probably a profile worthy in his own mm-hmm. right. Yeah, yeah. Uh later on he would be the first voice you actually hear in, on the first moment of SNL. Um because it's he's like the psychiatrist uh dealing with um right with a a, a blue sheet. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: yeah, and he's played by Thomas Lennon in the movie, is that right? Yes, that's correct.
1: Yeah. And he was real real crazy um and like uh, he 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 ended up being the head writer for SNL out the gate after mm. his, his lampoon time uh, comes to an end, but so he comes out and he's just got like this you know this vicious thing he had like a, like a rolodex of just insane ideas, you know, and you could pull them out like just hundreds of like things where it's like there's what some there's some there's some ring to this and I don't know what this is yet cats
0: cats cats but cats yeah, ex- I got exactly a, a cats. oh I got seven things in cats
1: exactly. Like, for real.
0: <laughs> Hundreds.
1: <laughs> it was a Rolodex yeah. of just insane, like, yeah. like fucking insanity. Um, and so he, he becomes a major voice right away, too. But, like, you know, Doug is really the superstar. Like, Doug and his best friend Henry Beard are the ones launching this thing. And, you know, Doug is, like, outsider, 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 where he's, like, suburban kid that's, like, you know, the, the sensitive art kid that does well in school, but, you know, he's not part of the upper class, and he has, like, that class awareness, like I said, of mm-hmm. uh, working the Caddyshack kind of thing, but <laughs> his was right. tennis. Um, and later on, that, that was the thing. Him and Brian Doyle Murray talked about working the Caddyshack, mm-hmm. and he talked about stringing rackets for rich people, and they just talked about customer service for the wealthy. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. just talking about that led to Caddyshack later. Oh, wow, okay. Th- and and all this stuff, like, yeah. you know, um, and, and uh, they had... Uh, you know they had they just had like kind of like a lot of hang-ups mm-hmm. from working customer service for that level of clientele you right. know uh and sort of PTSD about it so there's this shared connection whatever um but so Doug is like a superstar writer uh and and really um you know just fucking knocking it out of the park all the time Henry is 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 always writing but he's he's nobody is is doing as much as Doug and He's always kind of amazing. And he's the kind of guy that's always leaving it to the last minute, too. Right. He's kind of just fucking around all yeah. the time. And then it's like right before deadline.
2: I get like Trey Parker vibes.
1: Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. like there's
2: the guy who's kind of the mastermind behind everything. And like talk about leaving to the last minute. Like. Yeah. What is it, three days to air is the.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Just yeah, that schedule.
2: Pressure. That's yeah. That's how you make diamonds, dude. Yeah. Um, And so.
1: With guys like O'Donoghue, um, O'Donohue had a thing where um he you know, he just came out as as this like really crazy voice, very distinct right away. And um somebody one time sent him dynamite to the office <laughs> and um It was him? Uh and he goes um he was like uh somebody just wrote like hey Mike uh here's some dynamite you can have fun with. <laughs> and uh and so he goes, and he's like, he calls George Plimpton, uh, yes. and he goes, Smart move, yeah. and, and, and he goes, who's a self-described demolition expert. <laughs> And he goes, hey, man, is this dangerous? And he goes, well, not unless the nitroglycerin has leaked out and crystallized on the outside, which, oh, of course, it, it had. <laughs> and so at that point, like, O'Donohue's thinking, like, they call, you know, um... Hazmat. Yeah, but it, it shuts down, like, Madison Avenue, like, <laughs> for, like, hours to get this fucking thing out of there. And then, uh, O'Donohue, once he, like, kind of, like, got his nerves back together, then he was fighting to get it back because they confiscated it. Mm-hmm. Total sight. Yeah. yeah, you can see they have to hold him back. Yeah, yeah. It's my dynamite. Yeah. Um. Tony Hendra is another guy that showed up. He was part of a, a British comedy duo, and he was kind of, uh you know, writing some oddballs. But he was, like, writing for television out here, and he was just seeing what was going in the Lampoon, and then he just packed, like, he had a family and was just like, I'm going to do that, mm-hmm. and became, like, one of the crazy voices, became a good friend of O'Donohue, uh, saw that O'Donohue kind of had this, like, private, soft side um, real crazy, always dressed like, uh, uh Travis Bickle, uh, O'Donnell Hugh, too. Like, all, 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 all Army mi- jacket. yeah, all military, like, type, type of shit. Um, so weird. Yeah, he had a lot of stuff, too, about, like, um, uh, making fun of, like, how, how the revolution got sold is very much like the attitude prevailing oh, okay yeah yeah you know uh, they you had a thing about like uh like Che Guevara like you know chewable vitamins are like you know like, <laughs> yeah. uh, up against the wall motherfucker carpeting yeah yeah uh, stuff like that yeah. up against the wall carpeting. um <laughs> and and that was you know so it's kind of that weird prevailing mood too where it's like you know the cynicism post uh, uh watergate and everything and vietnam and, but it's you know it's going to that it's going to be, like, it's just going to get darker in the 70s as it goes on. You know what I mean? Ultimately leading to uh, the Reagan just mm-hmm. fucking just decimating harder. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's kind of, like, like the the area you go into at, at the Lampoon. At first, they start out, and they have that thing, too, where they're doing, like, straight satire. Mm-hmm. But they have all those, like, beatnik uh, underground comics artists. Mm-hmm. Do you remember this? Yeah. I From mean, the doc. And they yeah. were saying, like, and somebody that was, like, like a, a legit guy, uh, Michael Gross... Grossman? I was like I think his name was like Grossman, I'm not sure. Um but he was he was looking at it and he was going like the shit is good, but it's the fuck it it's a mess to look at. Yeah.
2: And really.
1: Maddie agreed too. Yeah. Um and so Maddie was like he doesn't have um final say yeah. uh but he you know, he's got some say. Um and he sort of takes on like this paternal role to um a lot of them, uh Maddie, by the way. Um M- Michael O'Donoghue, uh, you know, uh, Doug Kenny was definitely looking for like friendly parental kind of figures and stuff like that uh, Henry was too standoffish and weird you know mm-hmm. to, to get that smoking his pipe in yeah, the back yeah. but Maddie's, uh, you know demeanor is kind of like I don't know why they're mad at me like I would do anything for these and I, mm. and I also let them do whatever they want you know right 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 um, but he was kind of saying you know hey man and so word got around uh, that this this graphic designer uh, from another, uh, you know, real magazine was like. Yeah,
2: they got they got legit designers. And, and he kind of came to them
1: and he's going like, look at your article about this like ridiculous postage stamps. He's like, then you have these dumb drawings. And so he just did redid the article with what his art would have been. Yeah. He's like, your art ha- has to be straight. If the satire is right. straight, you can't yeah, put yeah. a hat on a hat. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, or, or, it, it <clears throat> undermines it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like letting you know, hey, this guy's, you know, jerking you off,
2: and it's not subtle. Yeah, it's, le- it's less satirical.
1: Yeah, and also those guys too were like just like doing whatever they want, and and uh, Doug Kenny and Henry Beard, I think, you know, just didn't like the confrontation, and Doug also <laughs> wanted it to be this kind of like beatnik periodical too, and mm. have some underground reach, but it was like it doesn't sell, you know. Right. Um, so then, then once they got going and they really saw this, what this guy could do, um, first of all, uh, Michael Gross, uh, he never was in conflict with anybody. Cause they were like, we cannot lose him. <laughs> like he was too, like too valuable to the team. So he was never, never in any of right. the beefs that are going to come up. Yeah. And, um, he, uh, you know, uh he just has that slick look where it's like, and now it's sellable, right? And so that's the thing Maddie gets going to, is he's going like, look, fucking, we keep expanding and expanding, and now that we have this look down, like, you know, uh, he hired real ad guys that showed up, like, in three-piece suits, yeah. and they were like, yeah, man, we're fucking Put like... Put
2: a gun to this dog's head. They're,
1: they're, they, were like, they were like, we're here to fucking... They, they, they had this ad campaign that was, there's nothing funny about the way it sells. <laughs> and, so, and so they would get on to, like, you know... Uh, I mean, you could still have like cigarettes and, and booze cigarette yeah, things yeah, and yeah. that. You know what I mean? Um, and also they were like stereo equipment. Anybody listening to music, like like rock and roll was kind of intrinsic to the thing. So it was like and then they just kept expanding like how much they got per page per ad. Mm-hmm. And they kept blowing up and up and up. And now when they really set out to do this too, they had made this deal with, with uh with Maddie with Rob Hoffman, who came from the Harvard Lampoon too. And Rob Hoffman was just, like, really driven in this deal, and he was going, like, uh, there's going to be a forced buyout um, after five years, right? Because Matty really wanted to make the deal. Mm-hmm. And he would have to buy their shares at uh, something like fucking 16 times earnings or something like that. And so it was, like, this thing where when they signed this deal to first launch the magazine and, and uh, you know, get, um, get all the financing for it, it was, like, they basically had set it up where... The more successful the magazine was, potentially the more uh, difficult it would be for Maddie to, to buy, buy them, them out, out. Yeah. Mm, right? Um, but he did, and uh, he was like, he was like, Hoffman was just definitely the better negotiator. And I really wanted to make this deal happen because I really believed in these kids, even though like they came from a totally different world. Mm-hmm. He was like, I just, I just saw that it was funny. I was like, it's going to work, you know. Um, so that's kind of like the background of of, of while he's there. Um, as you know, like, shortly after it really gets cooking, Doug Kenny just disappears, right? And he goes to Martha's Vineyard, and he's staying with his friend, uh, Peter Ivers, you know, who I talked about mm. in, the, in the first episode.
2: Not Martha. <laughs> <laughs> hmm.
1: And, um, and he starts working on this novel, uh, Teenage Communist from Outer Space, Tacos <laughs> for short. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and that's where he got, it's really where he got the name from, he was like out in L.A., and he saw a taco sign, and he was just like, Teenage, communist, of space. <laughs> and uh, he had this thing where he was really driven as a writer. He, really, he wanted to be, like, a really fucking, um, you know, respected writer. And, like, so he had done this thing where um, his, you know, his his first thing out the gate is he's created this amazing fucking magazine. Yeah. And he's the star contributor. Um, and now he's kind of like, I, I, I so he's always wanting to push to do something new, you know. And so he's, like, also, he had a note that he left for Henry, which just said, uh, um, uh, I got to leave, or the eye in the sky is going to get me, which they also thought was a suicide note. Um, and, uh, but then it was just, like, he's gone. And then, like, you know, people like Michael Gross it was, like, I feel betrayed, you know? Um, some people were, were uh, you know, just grumbling about it. People were very dismayed, but, like, it was, like, you know, the star had 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 abandoned ship right. without any warning. And how how
0: soon into the start was this? Um, it's probably fuck year two, maybe. Okay. Um,
1: let's see. But uh, yeah, it was it was you know it was it was cruising along at at a, you know and 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 going really well. Um, but he was just doing more and more drugs. Mm -hmm. Uh, He was always smoking an intense amount of weed. Mm. Right. Um, And then all of the pitch meetings, like, were at dinners, like, these drunken dinners late at night at shitty, like, Chinese restaurants. Okay. And everybody would just start throwing ideas around. But not food. So, so, so yeah, no food. But Henry Beard was going, like, this is, like, all I did. He's like, I I worked, like, 90-hour weeks. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You know? And he's like, I had no kind of thing, and then, you know, it it only got worse, of course, when Doug disappeared. Mm -hmm. So now he's building up this kind of, like, huge resentment, too. Mm -hmm. And he also knows that they all kind of know there's this five-year cap, too, like, you know, um, but they don't really understand how potentially huge it can be, and would be. um, Because they just, once they got their shit together, they could not stop expanding. Um, It was was amazing, you know. Um, And people were just seeing... Something they identified with that they just could not get before, you know, and it was, it was really unfiltered. There was tits in it all the time. It was like it was it was a it was a huge fucking deal, you know. Um, And television's not going to go there. Movies aren't really going to go there. But a magazine, you know, just like the printed word, you know, it really it really butts up against uh, First Amendment shit Mm -hmm. real hard, you Mm -hmm. know. And they went all the way for it. And it was fucking massive. It was just a fucking landslide. And that's the thing, like, you kind of got to get into, like, the vibe of, like, what was allowed. And, like, Smothers Brothers, like we talked about, mm-hmm. laughing, whatever. Mm-hmm. And it being this massive, massive thing. And, um, and then they start fucking around with the radio. And then that's when you see like National
2: Lampoon Comedy Hour.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's when they start. You start seeing people like Radner show up, mm -hmm. and um, you know, uh, I think O'Donohue was was in charge of the Radio Hour, Um, and they kind of uh, they they split him up uh, with Hendra because Tony Hendra had slept with a girl he dated, and O'Donohue was just like, "You have to fire him." To Maddie Simmons, and he's like, "Dude, because he fucked." No, I'm not doing that. (laughs) And so, Henry Beard is, like, telling Hendra, like, just keep a low profile. Everybody's, like, divided in the office. Mm -hmm. It's insane. It's childish.
0: Yeah. Um, Hey, these comedy writers, you say, childish?
1: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. yeah. So It's so weird. Uh, And so, and Hendra gets put on this, this, uh, uh, you know, uh, and they do, like, a comedy album, right? And he gets put on this Lemmings thing. And Lemmings is the one where they're, like, uh, they're going to recreate Woodstock, but it's, like... Yeah, John Belushi kind of comes out and he's the one like, "Hey, we're all here to fucking kill ourselves," right? <laughs> you know. And by this time like think about like how many rock stars had actually died. Yeah, you know? yeah. And yeah. so it was kind of a thing where like they had like, you know, <clears throat> uh people coming out and and Christopher Guest was doing like his Peter Taylor stuff. Um and and that took on a life of its own. And guys like Chevy Chase and Belushi and all that were going like, "This is this is like a brand now. This is like us bringing like Second City shit with Lampoon like brilliant writing and it's it's they, they know that it's something real special and um you know obviously that would be SNL just SNL yeah. um and and Maddie was approached by somebody to be like hey you know do you want to do TV like Johnny Carson is is out of um he, he doesn't want his, his reruns on all weekend um I don't know why I don't know if that was like an overexposure thing Hmm. But uh, but they had to come up with some original
0: late-night programming. He inside. probably probably felt he wasn't getting paid well enough, so he's like, fuck it.
2: Uh, yeah. <laughs> what Do you know how Lorne got uh, attached to all this?
1: He was going to all the Lemmings shows.
2: Uh-huh.
1: He was going to all the Lemmings shows, and he just saw the opportunity. And then you also... Um, keep in mind... Uh, you know, he, he's getting a lot of people that, that left, too, yeah. right? And... Um, like Michael O'Donoghue had left by that the national Lampions by that point. That's kind of jumping ahead, but, um, but yeah, he he just uh just grabbed grabbed everybody he could, you know. Yeah. Um, and, um, they still would come back, of course. Like they were still friends there. Like you know they show up in caddy shack mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, when when he took off. Um, they said you you felt all the air go out of the lampoon, and they just knew that like it was ridiculous. They had lost this opportunity, and they were kind of like like you couldn't admit it was good, right? What I said, In oh. the office, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah like yeah. you couldn't say you liked it, right? <laughs> like sacrilege, you know. Yeah. At that point, it's more like uh, I think PG O'Rourke took over, um, and uh, the, you know, it wasn't doing as well anyway, but it was still such a brand too. Um, like they had like, it was, it was, by that point it was like posters, books, albums, the radio show. Um, you know, it was, it was a, it was a fucking business, Yeah, you know? Uh, and you know, I'm thinking, God, I would have had a fucking National Lampoon's poster. I'm sure if I was a fucking Mm -hmm. kid back then, you know, Mm -hmm. probably a couple. Yeah. Um, but Doug, he kind of, um. He kind of slinks back in one day, and um, all the respect is gone from him at the Lampoon, and and it's very much accepted. He's a, he's a, yeah. It's very much accepted. He'll never be in charge again. Mm-hmm. That he cannot be trusted, unreliable. Yes. yes, and you can't just disappear like but that. But he, he, like, he's still going to be a star writer, you know. But he had Henry read t- Teenage Commies from Outer Space, and uh, supposedly, depending on which version of the story you hear, he either throws it out the window or just dumps it in the trash can, and nobody ever reads it again. So only Henry Beard
0: ever read the novel from Doug Kenny, teenage uh, communist from outer space. The, the novel that Doug l- left, Lambe abandoned, abandoned right. his company, for his magazine for. Yeah, Tony. To, Tony, to Tony lose th- all of his respect. Yeah, It'd be more respectful if
2: he left for actual tacos. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Because I can get that. Yeah. I had tacos yeah, before yeah. I got yeah. there. Yeah, yeah
0: maybe he brings him back. You know, no. bring back this terrible script. Yeah. Um. <laughs> hey, you offered me a taco. Yeah. So I mean, he gets it. Yeah.
1: So Doug comes back And um you know um, But then he's busting out Just through, like Amazing writing again Like I told you about The first blowjob thing No no, no yeah, what's yeah. It? It's a uh, But the girl's going to prom And it starts out With this thing of like Chris will be here any minute Get down here You know And um, she's ready to go And the dad's like Oh my god What a movie star You know And then he takes her On the corner And he's like Listen uh, I just don't want you to Just don't Don't give him a blowjob tonight And she goes oh, What? And he goes you know, the dude stuffs his dork in your mouth and shoots pecker snot all over your tonsils. <laughs> and she goes, That sounds horrible. He goes, You
2: bet it is. Ask your mother. <laughs> pecker snot.
1: Pecker yeah. snot is yeah. so gross. <laughs> it's really fun. Um, and uh, it was this brilliant piece that turned into like this also like um, thing about like, Uh, uh, like date rape, Mm -hmm. and like you know the fucking, her boyfriend ends up like like uh changing into a Nazi uniform and hitting her with like the car antenna. Jesus, yeah, it's oh my god, yeah, dude, it's fucking nuts. Um, and that's prom for you. That was the thing.
2: Like that was teenage Nazis from the Midwest. That that (laughs) that
1: that was like uh, you know, it's 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 hard it's hard to to put yourself, but like that was. The media of the time. Mm-hmm. It was very fucking mean and mm-hmm. cynical. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, <laughs> it was everywhere, you know. Uh, this is like that coming of uh, uh, Coppola Scorsese time. Mm-hmm. You know, we're getting into that sort of yeah. shit.
0: Uh, well, plus, you know, dirty, dangerous New York, you know. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, and um, but, you know, so Doug, Doug and O'Rourke. O'Rourke is kind of new. And um He's trusted for organizational ability. So they put him and Doug. O'Rourke. Uh, O'Rourke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They put him and Doug. Um, Maddie says, um, I want you guys to do uh, the yearbook parody. And they're like, uh, and they're like, they were like designing ways to tell Maddie, like how, how to get rid of it. And they started talking about high school. And then they dialed it down. That there's basically 12 stereotypes that everybody is in high school okay. in high school. Yeah. And um, and then they asked everybody for yearbooks and and they just went through them all and were just going like, "Look that's the fucking foreign kid uh-huh. and this is the that's the girl in the wheelchair and uh you know uh this is the dumb jock <laughs> and this is the fucking art nerd and uh-huh. and it was it was fucking um he he got really carried away with it man and like br- there's brilliant narrative there's like twelve brilliant narratives that go through the whole thing mm-hmm. like there's like a um kind of like um like like a guy who's like uh Terrorizing uh, the school by taking shits like in, in random places, <laughs> and then like there's clues that lead you to believe it's the PE teacher, <laughs> and so like just stuff like that, like really dense shit, yeah. um, that like you can really pour over. They were like it was a fucking like a heavy piece of writing, but also you could see just like the dumb sight gags right mm-hmm. away, mm-hmm. and the parody of the, uh, the, uh, the of the the yearbook became the most selling magazine of all time.
0: Like John, John Hughes must have bought one.
1: Fucking insane. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, John Hughes works uh, on, on The Lampoon. Oh, he did? Yeah, did yeah, you know. yeah. Oh,
1: yeah. No shit. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Makes yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah. Right. Ivan Reitman came in you yeah. know, oh, when, okay. with, when okay. they were touring with Lemmings and stuff like that. He gave some direction one time, and, and, and they were like, wh- and Bill Murray just escorted him out of the room. <laughs> Come over. Yeah, it's like just with, yeah. Come with me. There you go. Yeah, just like I mean the exit. He's like it's so embarrassing. He's like I didn't come back for like two days. <laughs> they were just like yeah. Do you think we're gonna listen to you? There's just come just you know it's oh, uh, this break, yeah. Right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. And like again, we have to put ourselves in the thing of like you don't know those guys, but when you first see like Ramus and Bill Murray. And uh, Peter Doyle-Murray. Peter Doyle-Murray. Brian Doyle-Murray. Brian Doyle-Murray, <laughs> excuse me. Brian, yeah. uh, Brian Bill's Do- brother. Yes, was, um, again, uh, the, the the star of uh, uh, the, the one of the writers of, of Caddyshack. But also, when he showed up uh, with that crew from Second City um, and were doing like radio stuff, he fell in love with Kilda Radner. And he was like, I can't be around her. I'm in love with her. <laughs> and then he's like, but uh, check out my little brother Bill. And that's how Bill got out there. Ah, like, oh, okay. They were like, they're like, they like, he looks like a homeless guy sleeping on the couch. Yeah. And then they were like, they already was, bald. Then we started hanging out with him, and they were like, and like, they're like, dude, you could not breathe yeah. with laughing. Uh, just doing like directing traffic in the middle of the street and stuff, like just doing like you know crazy shit all the time. Um, and uh, you know, the Lemmings got great reviews. Maddie was super proud. Um. They were doing stuff like, uh, you know, I mean, fucking uh, Belushi would do that incredible Joe Cocker. Yeah, that was fucking incredible, yeah, man. He did like
2: in like the second or third episode of SNL. He did, um, that Joe Cocker impression. But he
1: first did it with with it Lemmings. Lemmings, yeah. And um, you know, those guys were just seeing like their names in print in like the New York Times and stuff, and they were going like, "Oh my god, it's fucking crazy," you know. Um, and so you know they had um. They just, they had this whole fucking thing, like, just fucking going, like, on all cylinders. And it attracted more and more people. Uh, more cartoonists, you know, that would just sure, come I in sure, yeah. and uh, do fucking crazy stuff. Um, they that, had that, that, just one guy who, um, you know, uh, the, the restaurant serving frog legs, and you see the frog come out on the cart. <laughs> <laughs> just, it's, like, walking himself, like... <laughs> Shit like that, you know, and they and like those guys wouldn't get censored or and Like there was guys that never even went in the office because like some of them were like it was it was too crazy. Yeah, like, yeah, you know. Um, and Beats gets in. Um, oh, okay. she's the one woman that really fights her way through to like, you know, really being like yeah. one of the guys and like not fucking taking anybody's mm-hmm. shit at all. Um, a major major um contributor, and um, you know uh. She would do things about uh vagino American rights.
2: Vagino American. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> and she would talk about um, you know, they should wear they should wear like their celebrated uh you know housewife uniforms and and use expressions like uh <laughs> like um oh goodness. <laughs> <laughs> and does Oakums want a cookie? <laughs> Stuff like that. It was, what was
2: the you uh, you said something just really quick to go back to the yearbook issue? Mm. You, yeah, there's a, a yeah. great line about the, the there year was a,
1: the, the 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 um the girl that was um the, the
2: well, there's that and then the compliment that that was given in the review about it. So there's the, oh. the girl in the wheelchair and then something about collaborative writing. Oh, yes,
1: yes, okay. So, so the girl the girl in the wheelchair um she was she was nicknamed Wobbles. <laughs> And it was like, yeah, it was like something like Wendy Wobbles or something like that, but they said she, she was a big help at rummage sales, <laughs> which is just like the perfect kind of like anonymous, like, where you go, like, you're thinking like, all right, she's got a lot of upper strength. Yeah, she's yeah. on wheels. She's yeah, on she's wheels. She's, she's table height yeah, with, yeah, with the yeah. shit.
2: Yeah, it's having a sentient shopping b- b- cart. Yeah. Big, help, big help at rummage sales. Just <laughs> like it nails like Perfectly the, executed. Yeah, yeah. The... the the botched attempt at a bullshit compliment that high schoolers do. Yeah, yeah. like you know, yeah. great smile. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Great at big help at rummage so like when you can't think of anything else to say about somebody. Yeah,
1: you know, it's perfect. Yeah, um
2: And then, when, and there was a review in it.
1: Oh yeah, somebody said somebody said the the uh, it was in Harper's, and they said bizarre. It was, Uh, Harper's Bazaar. It was, uh, Harper's said, uh, (laughs) yes. Bazaar? They said it was the greatest piece of collaborative writing since the King James Bible. Wow.
0: Pretty good. That's that's a high praise here.
1: Yeah. And um, so that was the kind of thing that, like, Doug had, where it was, like, be aloof and be, you know, sort of crazy and all that stuff, and then, like, just still, like, just... Pull off a major fucking win, yeah. and you know, really win one for the home team. <laughs> Can we bring
2: home the baby. Yeah.
1: <laughs> fucking deliver, dude. <laughs>
2: fucking so, uh. so, dude. When you absolutely positively have to be there,
1: <laughs> except no substitutes.
2: Anything else would be uncivilized. <laughs> um.
1: So, yeah, uh, you know, that that was that was, uh, you know, fucking uh, a major thing for National Lampoon. They had, um, you know, a a lot of themed issues. Um, A lot of people were, you know, hugely uh, inspired by it. Like in the documentary, they got like uh, like Billy Bob Thornton just being like there was nothing there. And then suddenly it was there and you're going like, oh, that's what I've
0: been thinking about the whole time. I can fuck
2: Angelina Jolie. (laughs) (laughs) Satire.
0: Just, Just keep thinking it'll happen. Um, but um, yeah, it,
1: it was, uh, I, 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 watched that documentary, uh, Junkstone, Billion Dead, and I immediately started it again and watched it again.
2: Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. And
1: there's so much good shit in there. Yeah. Um, and it's great too, because they get to talk to Henry Beard, yeah. who is there, and he doesn't participate in the book. Uh, he wouldn't be interviewed for the book. I don't know which came first or what, but, um, um, the book is excellent too, uh, that, um, the movie's based on a futile and stupid gesture. Um, But yeah, so Doug has this thing where he's, uh, you know, he's also got that that personality where it's like he looks like a preppy one day, looks like the hippie than it is. Like, he just fit in with everything, befriending everybody. But like Belushi's wife, I think she was about, she was ready to leave. Uh, Wife? Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: Oh, poor woman.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Judith Belushi, yeah. And uh, and she was like, um, they were like, oh, uh, Belushi's like, we're going to go back to Chicago. Like, it's too crazy here. And like, we're not like, and um, you know, she's miserable. And he's like, "What does she do?" And he's like, "Oh, she does uh, art." And they hired her as an artist. Oh, I don't know. and then it's Doug like... Kenny showed up after after his absence, and um, and he was like, "Oh, how nice to meet you." And she was like, oh, "I thought it was like partially because maybe he was Midwestern, but she's like, also that was just him. He was just like extremely kind, mm. you know, and made everyone feel really like interesting and and loved, you know, and um, he uh, you know, he. he Continues batting away, writing great shit, but also he sees that he's missing this train that, it, you know, it, this SNL has kind of yeah. taken off. And, um, you know, then he, he still kind of has that attitude of like, well, then fucking fuck you, man. I'm going to make a movie.
2: Right.
1: And then that's the thing where it, it gets going on Animal House, because he's looking at it like from hearing these other guys' stories, like Brian Doyle Murray with Caddyshack, and he's going like, fuck, man, that, that was not me at Harvard, I'll tell you that. But he's hearing about like this really debauched shit, mm-hmm. right. and then uh, I think I think the the uh, the fucking um, you know uh, that just kind of sets him off, and they have this crazy treatment. You know, Ramus is involved, and they get uh, a uh, uh, Landis, right? Mm-hmm. It's Landis. Mm-hmm. Landis, I think, was coming off Kentucky Fried movie, and
2: um, oh my god.
1: And dude, crazy shit happened there. You know, Doug was there all the time. And see, like, the thing is, like, it was the same thing, like, I told, um, I don't know if I told you, but with the, uh, when they got the New York City School um, to to actually dress like the students for the uh, the the yearbook issue. Um, yeah. These kids after hours would stay at school and change themselves to kids from 1964. Nice. His high school in Chagrin Falls, mm-hmm. which is called, like, Cafalver High or something. <laughs> It's a euphemism. Yeah, like K-E-F-A-U-V-E-R, I think. Yeah. Uh some fucking bizarre. Good name. high.
0: <laughs> and and it's
1: and it's his uh graduating year. It's sixty three right. sixty-four. And um so he's uh he's just doing like 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 the perfect thing of like when they're in language class, like putting the headphones on dumb, mm-hmm. like just changing little things. Yeah, I'm saying. Yeah. Like his intuition was totally right. Yeah. And they said he he would be like that about like even books he hadn't read or movies he hadn't seen, where we would just be like, like dial it down, and like, and he was, he was like, he absolutely knew what was good, right? Everybody always said they're like, yeah, he would, he would say this, and then you'd be like, yeah, that's right, <laughs> and like, it doesn't matter if it's a writer or a movie, like whatever. But he would just like dial it down, and he, like his taste, they said, was really unquestionable mm. about good, bad, period, uh. you know. So yeah, he comes into this you know this crazy thing um, with with the way too long of a treatment for Animal House, mm-hmm. um, and uh, you know, uh, fucking it, it, you know, it gets boiled down. The fucking Landis uh, ups the fucking ante of satire. By getting like the guy who did the score to so fucking like the Ten Commandments to score, <laughs> so it's like this swelling orchestral right. thing that like sounds very serious. like he's playing it super straight. Right? There, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and a bunch of the actors were there. They were like, "Dude, we fucking grew up like reading Lampoon." So like now you're here with Doug Kenny, and it was like crazy, you know. And Doug Kenny, of course, puts himself in a small part. And uh, who is he in the movie? Does he
2: jump out of a cake or something?
1: No, he's the one that leads uh, the crew down uh, the
0: the alley, the the marching band. Uh, oh, yeah. he's he's the he's the Dork. ponytail. What do you call him? What was he wait? He well, he ponytail. I thought he was the, the guy with the glasses. the... Yeah, he's nerd. got glasses. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, the the dark nerd. He's always to
1: say uh, you stupid moron. Yeah, or whatever, yeah, that yeah, thing? yeah. yeah. okay, yeah. Um, dude, you, you stupid moron. Yeah. And they were like, and, 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 you know, by this time he started like playing around with, with, with acting and stuff like that. And he was interested in it. And they're like, he did have a need to be seen. Mm-hmm. So there was a need to be a great writer. There was a need to be the center of attention. And there was like, um, adjusting to fame, especially uh, after the buyout But like, as soon as the buyout happened, by the way, um, Henry leaves because Henry's like, Doug's back. He goes like, um, he's like, he, now he's like, I spent so much time working on this thing and like just sleeping. Yeah, when I wasn't here and then coming back and just banging out, uh, uh, you know, typewriter shit. And, um, you know, they kind of summarized in the movie where he said you said we could stop when it's not fun anymore. Mm. Um, But he also saw that like this buyout was coming and all of the writers that helped him get there were expecting like a payday payday. And he was just kind of like, I fucking I did the work, man, and fuck all of you. And so he really had this speech where he was like.
0: Goodbye, fuck you. Good luck. Yeah, and left. Who's it? Henry said that? Henry did. Wow. Yeah, and. But did they? Did they all get their buyout, or what? Oh uh, no, that was
1: just Doug. Oh, just and Doug. and right. and, uh, and Henry and uh, and and Rob Hoffman. Oh, uh, okay. Um, and Maddie had a hard time securing the funding, and it was kind of like like because
2: a, it was so it was so successful that he had he had a, yeah it ended yeah. up
1: being like fucking like seven point five million in total to be paid out over the course of like several years was but well, to three, the, three people that's pretty fucking good. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, one of the guys. So when it happened, <clears throat> and Maddie felt really betrayed because it was like Doug had told him like we're partners, nobody's gonna fuck you over. And, um, so he was, they were kind of like, oh, we can take the company private and all this stuff. And then Doug at the meeting just started going, I want my money. I want my money. And then, uh, one of the guys on Maddie's side is like, I'm going to punch you in the mouth. <laughs> and then, and then they all stood up and were threatening each other. And then they all just started laughing because they were all like really peaceful people. <laughs> like, um, and, and fucking, yeah. Uh, basically Henry got his money and was like fucking buy and yeah. like um. he had that thing too where like he was raised in, in the privileged realm and he was like
2: uh, I shouldn't be working this hard <laughs> and,
1: and also like you know thinking like you know, sh- and he hadn't
2: lived right
1: because he had left college and then he Went was just straight to the lampoon and he was the one that was like you know it kind of like all fell on his shoulders basically even though he didn't write as much as Doug right. but all the organization he had to be the good editor right say what sucked yeah, uh, yeah. You know, uh, Doug was never going to tell you if it sucked you know what I mean? He can give you tips and help you make it better, right. but he's you know not into the confrontation that way.
0: You know. No, you don't say the guy who fled to Martha's Vineyard. <laughs> didn't even
1: say hi to Martha. Yeah. Didn't even come also,
0: out. come on. Um, they were both like,
1: they are like. Well, Doug said yes to everything. Uh, they said Henry Henry would react to everything with tempting. Mm. Um, and then like, they were like that could mean everything from like that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. Or I'm having like uh mental
0: orgasms right. Right, thinking right, about right. what you just said. Or I'll think like, about what appetizer I'm ordering right um,
1: now. Um and so there was a thing where um I think I think it was gross
0: with the um
1: the one issue where they were they were doing um uh parody of Da Vinci stuff, and the one guy suggested the Mona Lisa as like an ape. <laughs> and he said like he said like Henry started shaking like the pipe in his mouth laughing so hard and they're like, Doug straight up just fell on the floor, and the guys going like, "No, no, no, it's too dumb." And they were like, "Dude, that's fucking it, right?" And so, and then they, then when they like he came to unveil it, he was like, "The fucking whole office lost their shit," and they didn't really pat you on the back over there. Right. It was a pretty vicious atmosphere. Right. There was this crazy atmosphere at the Lampoon where everybody was really trying to be a star writer, and so there was this kind of thing where it was it was cool and all, but it was also competitive, right. um, and there could be you know. Um, Craziness and, and anger and stuff like that, um, and for a while it, it was healthy, right. and, and then after a while it was just toxic.
0: It was just angry. Yeah, you, know you, you can only do that so long before the ability to cope with it.
1: And so while while Doug out. had been gone, Michael O'Donoghue also really stepped up his game, and he came became kind of a leader. He was one of the first disciples, basically, right? So he was kind of like taken on a lot, and then you know uh, he started uh, dating um, Ann beats and and they had a thing going on, and then. Um, you know, they split up or whatever, and um, you know, he he started he started uh, you know, dressing a little nicer, but he, he started taking himself real seriously. Um, he really only thought that Henry and and Doug were on his level, so his problem with Tony Henry sleeping with his girlfriend was was as much about him being sensitive as being Tony's also not a not as good a writer. Yeah, as yeah right. You know. How dare that's the real there. offense. Um, and he would handle it that way all the time. Um. He really believed that shit, you know, like that that was the real offense, you know, um, which is insanely funny. Um, so he got into something with Maddie one night where he was like demanding that Anne had some office um, and Maddie refused. And he's like, well, if you if you if, uh, if you refuse, then I quit, too. And he's like, "All right, well, go ahead. And then so O'Donohue walked over like this, just nothing fight. Uh, you when he was a little kid, his mom would have to only silence, like, his, uh, like,
0: rages with, like, throwing ice water on him.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's like, you know, you know, you spray your dog in the face, or your cat in the face, mm-hmm. or, you know. Yeah, it makes uh, sense.
2: God. We could all what use a little brat. ice water.
0: Dude, what a fucking psycho. Yeah.
1: And, like, telling, telling the, the the phone guy yeah. repairing the phone, like, every week, It slipped
2: right oh yeah it slipped at the window yeah, on the yeah, yeah avenue
0: yeah yeah it in I meant to throw it at somebody it's darn it phone. yeah yeah um and so you yeah, know for
1: for a while it was it was um but so you had this thing where leadership kept abdicating right um o'Donohue was was like friends with a lot of them he was uh, some kind of leader thing. Uh, Doug, Doug was never gonna be again Like I said And then Henry bounces So now Maddie is looking at it like What the fuck Who the fuck is gonna Steer this Dude, shit, So man? that's how you get somebody like P.J. O'Rourke oh, okay yeah Coming ahead Even though he was like Such a junior person And then everybody on the staff is mad They have to Answer to this kid mm-hmm. You know And P.J. O'Rourke really had this thing of um, he, he just He really sweated it out He was not naturally talented He had to really work Uh huh Um and it just became more of a stuffy atmosphere, kind of under him.
4: Mm.
1: But Doug was still there. But he was, so he was, you know, he was going to do the the, the movie, right? And Animal so, House. Animal House. And uh, and you know, and he he was really excited about kind of starting, you know, to go into that world, you know, and um, it, it was something you know, he basically thought he could do. Um, but then he does make. I mean, like after like test screenings, people were like like, standing on the seats and shit. Like, people went fucking apeshit about this movie. And it was, like, you know, $2.5 budget, like, uh, Orion Pictures, I think it was. It was, like, not... Or, or maybe Universal, I think. Might have been Orion. That's... Uh, I think Orion did Caddyshack. Oh, okay. Um, but Universal wasn't breathing down their neck. They were like, they were like okay, funniest yeah. magazine in the country, small budget, fucking... Go for it. Go for it. But then when they fucking saw, like, the rough cut, they were like, what the fuck is going on? And, um... They had to do, you know, some some editing and all that, and they did. And then the test screenings happened, and they were just kind of like, "So again, first time, at bat, Mm -hmm. knocks it out of the fucking park." Biggest selling fucking comedy of all Mm -hmm. time creates a genre of film. Right? It's that like thinking about that Mm -hmm. old school. Like, uh, yeah. 30 yeah years American years Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, an issue of National Lampoons, by the way, had a kid fucking an, Amer- like, uh, an apple pie. Really? Like, yes, totally. Way, <laughs> way before. Way before <laughs> the, Animal House, even, had a kid fucking an apple pie. Straight up. No way. Yeah, dude. Yeah, that shit's not coming out of nowhere. No. You know what I
0: mean? Like It's in the zeitgeist. Some people are born into it. Some people acquire it. After. Like Sometimes it's Maybelline. Apple pie. Yeah. Mmm. <sniffs> Butterscotch oh. yo.
2: <laughs> I got news for
0: you. <laughs> <laughs> You're gay. <laughs> so I fucked a pie? <laughs> news flash. Well, the pie was gay. Hot shot. It's pie was the dude. <laughs> <laughs> and that's cool. That's cool, man. <laughs> um but so
1: yeah, uh uh the the uh the impact of Animal House is going to be um it, w- it was his big fuck you. To being like SNL, check- oh, you're gonna do TV, and and the magazine was waning, and a lot of of, of hope was was because Maddie's now involved with with you know National Lampoon, it's a brand, mm-hmm. right, and so you know the guy that can't be trusted to be the boss can still be trusted to deliver, yeah, you know, and it just kind of has to be on his own terms, yeah, um, and so you know then the, but then the pressure now now he's become a guy that's like flirting with acting. And out the gate, he's a fucking successful producer. So now it's it's like even more of this thing of like, who am I? What am I doing? Right. You know, and um, but he, he he moves out to L.A. He, um, he starts dating this woman that, you know, he has a pretty meaningful connection with. But he's always had this thing in his private life of, of anybody can stay at the house. Yeah. doesn't matter if I'm married. I'm not asking when you're going to leave. Yeah. Um, and, you know. He just never really grows up. Yeah, you know, uh, they said the same kind of thing about Peter Ivers. They were like, those guys in that in that crew at Harvard mm. were struggling with becoming adults. Mm. And so that's like the thing where he pulls open a drawer and shows his friend, "Here, uh, you want to see what two thousand dollars worth of cocaine looks like?" Yeah, he's like, "It wasn't even in plastic." He was like, "It was just
0: dumped was in, in the, the drawer. drawer." Oh God. Oh, um, well, I mean, maybe that's where he got the cabinet. They're- the drawer for mm-hmm. yeah, the my coke drawer. Uh, and there was there was oh, no, no, this isn't the junk drawer. And so yeah,
1: that's around this time too. Crank the drawer. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, <yeah. laughs> the junk drawer has the heroin. <laughs> <right>. Yeah. <laughs> you like
0: that? I do. I do.
1: <laughs> uh, where do you keep your k-hole? <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> Put on your mask.
2: <laughs> <laughs> hold your breath. Here we go. <laughs>
0: Spelunk in the K-hole
2: Oh <laughs> god yeah. I love the Spelunk uh, cave. <laughs>
0: cave diving Ah yeah, uh, the, the French <laughs> <laughs> Alright we'll take a quick little break And we'll, we'll be back and we'll get
1: more into uh, The K-hole Doug in, Doug in Hollywood
0: <laughs> And we're back <laughs> Yeah Um
1: so, there is uh, there, I mean, you know, there's a couple a couple of things about this Haiti of lampoon. I really don't want to undervalue it. Like I'm saying, I was kind of. Well, value, baby. I was going like I was like I need to really have the boys, the boys I love, my boys, us, uh, you boys,
2: man. Get into
1: the mental thing of just being like, like just imagine, imagine. that time with, especially no filter seeing Radner Murray, Ch- like, doing that level of shit, you know, because... It's gonna go to SNL, but like, there's a lot you can't do on SNL, man. Right. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And and like, I mean, just Radner alone, we forget it was yeah. a fucking monster. She dude. was
0: like, out of all of them, yeah, she, she was like the crown. Everybody of jewel. and
2: everybody loved.
0: Everybody, yeah. Yeah. everybody her.
1: loved her. And, yeah. And like, you know, Ramis goes to SCTV after, and like, he's kind of running shit there. And he always has a thing too, where he's kind of um, organizer, director, writer, performer. Like, mm-hmm. he's, he can really yeah. kind of do it all, you know. Um, and, they, and they were, they were just, um, you know, they were, they, they were getting to that level too where it brought all this new energy and it was like this cynical kind of like writing room and stuff like that. And National Lampoon had this famous thing where they, they always would lose advertisers um, and get sued. And one of the big ones was showing the, the floating Volkswagen Beetle and saying, if Ted Kennedy had drove in a Volkswagen, he'd be president <laughs> today yeah. And and like Maddie Simmons, I think I think he was on like Tom <laughs> Snyder or
0: something, oh, that's and they good. brought it up. That's good
1: because they they had to uh, you know like retract it and like you know and issue apology and all sorts of shit from a, the lawsuit from Volkswagen. But also Maddie Simmons, when he was on Tom Snyder was going like, well he would be president, yeah, if he drove a Volkswagen, yeah, like if the car floated. And you go like, Yeah. <laughs> if it was like, I mean, if it was a hard top, yeah. Yeah. And uh, you know, so and, and they have this thing too that um, you know, oh especially was like very into being subversive. And he was kind of going like, uh, the comedy is the frosting. You want them to eat the cake. Right. And the cake is kinda like where, you know, the the substance the substance oh. and the po- politics and oh. the morals lie and stuff like that, you know. Um, and then they had a thing, too, where they were, like, um, you know, attacking somebody that was sort of progressive in, in a thing, and there was a big heated debate about, about like, what, well, should we do this? Because, like, he's an asshole, but he's kind of our asshole, you know? Yeah. And they were just kind of like, it's fucking war on everybody if it's funny. Yeah. On everyone. If it's funny, it doesn't matter. And that was the thing, is that you you could see, uh, it just made you trust it all more. Because mm-hmm. it was fair, fair. Yeah. You know? Um... But when they do the the Lemmings thing, uh, it's great, too, because, you know, John and Yoko, they posed for a Photo Funnies thing. The Photo Funnies thing was, like I said, um, Doug came up with, you know, to do like uh, sort of like still Polaroids of, like you know, them with like some cute girls or something. But they were like, they need to they need to know the writers. They need to put a face Mm -hmm. to what they're reading. It'll make them feel closer to us. Like, oh, look, they're just they're, they're, they're a jerk off like me. And Doug was also really into being a star, so he was happy to do those kind of Like Henry would kind of do it grudgingly.
0: It makes sense for a magazine um, like that. Because, like, for Mad Magazine as a kid, you'd be like, but these he's, people are old. But his intuition was right. That's what, that's what I mean. It, was, yeah, it makes sense for Magazine. It was a thing like where, that. like, it was like,
1: and that's what I was saying about, um, you know, the thing of uh, the guest host on, on The Daily Show. Terrible idea. Because now it's a show with a writing staff and not a that has no physical form to pin it on, right? And it's just because of indecision and not cowardice. wanting, yeah, cowardice, sheer coward.
0: Pick somebody, and like. Well, it, well, I mean, you know, Car, it, I mean, when Carson had guest hosts, it was. It was still his show. Yeah. But yeah. Now Anyways, the, daily, and now it was the, the d- daily
2: Show is is indefinite guest
0: host. Oh really? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. That is bad because you're like, why would who would watch terrible. it? Terrible, terrible for morale. Like if someone watches it this week, doesn't mean they watch it next week. It doesn't and it's and it's not it's not that it's
1: just not that kind of
0: thing. Yeah, it would. They to write all
1: that. have you know their own brand, and it goes like like it was different when it was Kilborn, it was mm-hmm. different when it was Jon Stewart. Like yeah. mm-hmm. they all have like their own thing. But you got to have something you can pin it on, and yeah. Doug kind of knew that. Yeah. Yeah. And and so um John and Yoko did a photo of funnies. Mm-hmm. Um so people were in like the hipster like sort of uh cool things. They were going like James Taylor went to a Lemming show where they parried parodied him mm-hmm. and he was kinda like just like hiding his face. Because mm-hmm. he, he was embarrassed. On, and on
0: heroin. Uh yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. Um He was in the drunk tra- but <laughs> the drunk tra-
1: what I really liked is they did this thing where they took an interview from John Lennon where he's really uh just um uh, Really about they just use his own words against them and they mm-hmm. go like if we rearrange these and we um <laughs> we get them to rhyme, it can be song lyrics. So they make a magical magical misery tour, um, which is just taken from an interview with John Lennon where uh he just says terrible things about other Beatles and mm-hmm. such. Um and I think we're gonna play it. Alright, well let's play it. Now, him yeah. <laughs> yeah, fucking Harry Krishna. <laughs> fucking
0: My love it. Is over. <laughs> I like uh, the uh, the George. He gave off evil vibes. They should have punched him. In the... the the album cover for this, they put an NRA sticker on <laughs> <laughs> it.
1: course. <laughs> so, yeah, that was, I mean, that was from the Lemmings. And the Lemmings was, like, I think, like, it's, you know, the animals that fucking commit suicide or whatever. Yeah. And that's why it was all suicide-themed. And mm. just, uh, they they were, like, taking, like, aim at Woodstock because they were just kind of, like, it was a fucking lie. It was, like, giving people, like, un- like sort of, like, underground credit but they were just still, you know. And so it was, like, yeah, that whole vibe of, um, you know, 60s to 80s, the revolution has been sold. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a time where people really did look to comedy you know and it being really dumb like it's not a coincidence that like that happens steve martin happens mm. SN- like all that shit you know um and it's it's cynical and all that but it it's also um just real dumb uh to like you know get away from um the heaviness of everything you know yeah
2: what do you what do you do when everything you realize everything around you is uh, a corrupt lie.
1: Yeah. And, and so that's
2: dark, and all like, well, you just. So, laugh. you know, it's like the, the only so, sane thing to do is laugh. Right, right. Yeah.
1: And, and, and really go up against it, too, with like being like uh, Michael O'Donoghue's, uh, you know, baby book for the Vietnamese kid. But <laughs> it's got like the handprint with like four fingers because one's <laughs> gone. gone off from the yeah. <laughs> oh and it's like the mom, like notes from the mom, and it's like, her her parents are dead, and it's like I I had a friend, but he dead too now, like stuff like that, you know. Jesus Christ! And, yeah, it's really fucking rough. Um, but it was that thing everybody was
0: confronting all these lies about everything, you know. Um, well, and, Yeah, I mean, I think that cynicism, the 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 strength, the force of that cynicism is is inversely proportionate to like what they feel like the force of the the shit, the bad shit going on around them. You know, the the cynicism rises, you know, they're coming out of Vietnam and all of that. Mm -hmm. So their level of cynicism is is so much higher than, like, even today, like, you know, it's hard to, there's things to be cynical about, but they're they're not, I don't think there is. It's not being
2: uh, channeled through comedy.
0: Yeah. No, it's just cynicism. Yeah. Yeah. Bitterness.
1: Yeah. Yes. Um, And, you know, there was that thing, too, of... um, you know, Doug would talk about like his mom you know trying too much. Like she would go into these crazy rages mm-hmm. and like throw like break shit and stuff. And like it terrified him, you know what I mean? And so he was also seeing that thing of like uh, you know, the the falseness of how the family presents mm-hmm. right. and how it really is. And you know, probably a bad place to be a sensitive genius. Um
2: Sugar mm, and Falls.
1: Sugar yeah. and Falls. And in that family too, where like you know, when he started making money from the the fucking movies and all that shit, like he really fucking um He he bought his parents like a place in the Uh Hamptons and stuff, and like somebody gave a toast there to him, being like, "Oh my God, all the success and under thirty! Like, you know, don't you?" His parents, you know, have like you know, and like his dad says something like joking, "I'd probably be the same if he wasn't born." Like, (sighs) just he's got a house in the Hamptons from your son. Yeah. Uh, and, like, and like Doug had this thing, too, with the money after the buyout where he was going, like, oh, I don't have change, so you're taking 100 Like, that's right. no way, like, of, of knowing how to deal with money. And yeah. also felt like it was embarrassing. He had said when he was younger, he's like, if I was, like, a millionaire by the time I was 30, he's like, I'd probably just kill myself.
2: Right.
1: <laughs> um, in the high school yearbook um, <laughs> issue, uh, the in memoriam is to a student that's him.
2: Uh,
1: oh, God. Yeah. And, you know, so there's things like that uh, kind of throughout. And, um, you know, uh, it's just uh, a lot of people kind of saw, like, you know, he, he was depressed. Uh, he, he didn't like the way that this whole uh, Hollywood thing worked. Like, he was really conflicted. Like, he kind of wanted to be a private person. Mm-hmm. But he really wanted to be, like, extroverted
0: and... Yeah. Yeah, um, well, he's letting people sleep on this couch without any questions asked. And, you know, it's like, yeah. You can't really square those two.
2: Yeah, be, want, being an introvert and wanting recognition are, you know. Oh, yeah. Inherently
0: yeah, yeah, yeah no, I know. He would I guess, definitely not yeah. be an introvert,
1: but it was like a thing where, like, he wanted to be uh, quote unquote normal.
2: Right. Um, but you, you, you in, can inherently, you know, can't be normal. Yeah. If you want praise for your, you know, public works.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah being normal is like. Working a nine to five and he did genius him- is pain, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and he did hold himself up against, you know, uh like real serious writers like Evelyn Waugh and stuff like I talked about in the first episode. Mm-hmm. And he was kind of like you know, um he, he took that shit very, very seriously. Um and so you know, there was this thing then from Maddie about like, oh, it's sequel, right? Yeah, Animal House. Sequel. And it mm-hmm. was like
0: you know, I mean the movie ended with the what they all did in the future. It would have to be a completely different I know, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, And I think they did like a, a Delta show, TV show. Uh, and it lasted uh, about a year, huh. and they were just kind of going, like, uh, Maddie was interviewed about it, and he's like, this is, like, the first thing that's ever really failed. And it was really, like, well, you can't do that shit on TV. Yeah, you can't, right. there's no tits, there's uh, no swearing. And it was also, yeah. like, on, like, Saturdays or something, so everybody was out on the weekend anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody's home, or like... Or
2: watching SNL. <laughs>
1: yeah, it was, like, it was, like, yeah, it was, like, more primetime, too. It was, like, a fucking half-hour format. And, like, it had some people from the movie and stuff. By the way, at the premiere of Animal House, uh, it was, like, a thing where, like, uh, Kevin Bacon couldn't get off his like waiting job to go to the premiere, oh, shit. and and then he like he, he ran up and he was he was hoping somebody on like in like the red carpet would like recognize him and be like oh yeah he should be so he mm-hmm. couldn't get into his own premiere uh, of a movie he was in, yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah he was um he was one of those guys that talked about yeah I gr- I grew up and you. You were hoping you got an issue with a pair of tits, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then he's in the movie, and he's Then he's, he's in
2: Wild Things, you know? <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Then he's tits everywhere. It's just, it's just then he's nothing. in fucking Mystic River, you know? Yeah,
2: it's tits everywhere, man.
1: <laughs> um, but yeah, so he, you know, Doug kind of knocks it out of the park and uh, and really bails out uh, National Lampoon as a company. And but then he's over there and he's going like, um, well now I'm this trusted movie guy. And so he dials in on Caddyshack, and he's getting real into the Coke, too. Yeah.
2: Uh,
1: you know, real, real him into and Chevy. the Coke. Uh, yeah, him and Chevy. And, uh, you know, um, I think he, he he kind of almost, they said, like, he maybe was trying to recreate older brother vibes with Chevy. Mm. Hmm. Um, but also, like, Chevy was the kind of guy where they said, like, he he would do, like a like, a bunch of booze and blow and just, like, bounce back really fast, and, like, Doug started looking like haggard you know mm-hmm. what I mean like he couldn't kind of keep up and that was the sort of energy that you know made Chevy leave Hawaii
0: you know later on uh, uh, also you increases depression what's that increases depression too I mean more likely to be depressed if you oh yeah do it the calm you.
2: downs and yeah. all that stuff if he's doing yeah. coke it's, it's making the lows lower is what he
0: said yeah
1: he had some business meeting with some people one time and he just did like a huge rail off his arm at like 9 a.m. and people were going like Fuck, dude! Like we all party, but like, yeah, don't you do your- this before a meeting at nine a.m.? Like, they're kind of looking at him. Um, and not, like, and
0: not off your arm too. I mean, there's a plenty of tables. There's some like
1: rumors too that he did stuff like he would, like you know drive around like the Hollywood Hills at night with the lights off and shit. No, so it was like a thing where you go like, mm, it sounds it sounds like yeah. Death
0: Wish. Yeah, Death Wish, sort According of courting death. Yeah, yeah uh, for sure, for sure. Um, you know, baby, an accident always
1: looks better. <laughs> And, and so, but the pressure was on with this thing and he had, um, you know, really, uh, you know, set out to be like, and, and, you know, like I said, like he was on set all day for, um, Animal House on a
0: ton of blow. Um, I, I mean, I, hear, I mean, the same thing with Caddyshack, but like Oh yeah, it was even Tons worse. of blow for even both worse, of them Even worse on Caddyshack Yeah, they yeah They said they they would get something
1: stupid like 80 grams Like that's
2: four tennis balls, you know They would
1: get 80 <laughs> grams on Sunday and There's no
2: tennis in the movie
1: On Sunday and be out by Wednesday yeah. 80 grams. Well, I mean, it was just going around that easy. You can only imagine the guys And they it. were saying, like, at the time, it's the 80, it's eighty, right? So it was like, it was not, like, nobody famous had really died. Right. It was still considered this thing of, like, eh, fucking... It didn't have a bad rep, really, yeah, yet. Yeah, No, yeah, everybody this was like, this good fucking shit.
0: miracle drug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Is this the future of America? Yeah. Kind of. But not in the way that they thought. Um, <laughs> Matty Simmons' uh, son was... Um, like a kind of
1: a um, you know, he had like the boss's son thing, but he he was sent out on on some of like uh, the the touring shows for the lampoon, uh, which had like Belushi in that, and like I think he had a birthday, and and uh, Belushi just lined him up like two big rails and was like, "Now nah, you're a man,"
0: like that kind of thing. And then Belushi lined himself two rails and said...
2: Yeah, two I'm, for me, one for
1: you. Belushi, Belushi
0: in the stage show had stuff like where he was so fucking into
1: Quaaludes mm-hmm. that the rest of the cast was like, he's so fucked on Quaaludes, he can't perform before the show. So they had to pool all of their cocaine to get him... Straight. Straight, in acting order. And then like, there was one girl that worked there. Um, oh my God. And she, <laughs> she did like a badass Mick Jagger impression. But she was like, always waiting for a script. Mm-hmm. uh But with the Lemmings thing, she had a thing where she was, uh, you know, expected to do all this improv and she finally kind of got it where she was like telling the musician like, well, if you could just die, I could sell your record, (laughs) you know, and they were going like, oh, that's fucking genius. And she was like one of the but she still wanted and she was talking to her shrink and she was going like, dude, this fucking crew is like bad news. Like, I need to get out of this. And her psychiatrist was telling her, like, "No, you're like running from success." And then the shrink came to a show, and she goes, "I get it." <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs>
1: She's like, "Yeah, no, you're you need to get the fuck out of here. This is bad, you know."
0: <laughs> um, and, All right, guys, everybody, bring the coke together. We got to wake up, and, Belushi, and, and, and yeah, and they were
1: real chopped up. Like Chevy, um, Chevy, uh, Chevy, uh, and 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 Belushi's like uh, rivalry starts here too. Um, Chevy w- would, um, he wanted to be the good, uh, improv performer. And, and Belushi kind of wanted to be like naturally charming and, right. and likable. Right. And so they both <laughs> resented what they had about each other. Right. And, and Chevy tells a great story in that doc. I'm, I'm sure you remember where it's two, yes, guys, two guys talking at the urinal. And he's going like, and they're talking about like whatever. And he's like, and he's like, well, over like the course of like a week, he's like, that like he's getting, it's clear they're getting like, He's getting more laughs than me, and he goes, and we're sitting at the urinal, and he goes, and I'm, I'm doing the, the two-finger thing around holding my oh, dick, yeah. and he goes, and I look down, and I see John is, like, holding, like, a fire hose, <laughs> like, open palm, <laughs> like, the way, like, he,
2: he hold would, a would yeah, yeah. <laughs> the way
1: you would hold a bug, and he's like, There's that little fucker, sandwich. man, you fucking got me, dude. He's like, you've been doing this for, like, a week, and it was just one subtle little thing where he fucking just totally fucked me over. And um you know, so the, so and he would show up and and this is a great part of the book. I love when when people do this. Um uh he he would, he
2: got me with his big dick. Man. Yeah. 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 Oh, me, good went, move, good a, move. Just a gesture. Yeah.
1: Just a gesture like, you see him
0: doing this? And you're like, I'm going to do this. But still have the conversation the same way. Yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, he's he's on the pile of coke and quaaludes, too. So, <laughs> yeah. You know, he must have been a shower. But he would show up and he would say, like, and then, so this is so funny, too, because, you know, Belushi really starts uh,
1: uh, the backstage fight with, with Murray and, and Chase. When, oh, When sure. Chase comes back to visit uh, uh, SNL and he does the news instead of Bill Murray. Um, but that would have been like seventy seven or something. Yeah, it was the second season. Yeah, it okay. second season. yeah. Um, but it was a thing where where Belushi got them all torqued up, and you see the the beginnings of of this uh, here where um, <laughs> Chevy would go up to Belushi and be like, "Hey, did you shave your back this morning?" Uh-huh. <laughs> And they'd be like Belushi, who was Albanian. <laughs> they, yeah. Yeah. they just dropped a raisin to, to be like justifiable yeah, hairy, yeah, a lot of hair or something. You know, still not a great insult. No, no, no. But it was like especially funny. with like. But it was a thing where it was like you know they, they um they they said Chevy Chase uh, he wanted to be liked and he had the most peculiar way of going about it yeah, yeah. by being he, a dick yeah and and, and uh, but it was weird because he felt like. He wasn't an actor. He was like he thought, thought himself more of as a musician. Yeah, oh really? Um but he play? He could he could just improvise this great stuff. And one time they were short for a radio show and um they were like, um we, we just need you to do something on the mic, like to fill like the five minutes and go to some Yeah, here at the Lampoon radio show, sometimes we get some of the um the the mail that uh, you know, it, it's um critical of the show and it, it, it really hurts um it really hurts my feelings and um it really hurts uh Christopher Guest's feelings. <laughs> and uh, Belushi, uh he gets so upset. Gilda, um, she, she gets very upset about it. Bill Murray, it <laughs> just keeps going for like five just saying everybody mm-hmm. in this that does the show and how they get get upset about hate mail. <laughs> <laughs> and like that just completed a show, so he had this thing where, like he could he could just summon it, you right, know what I mean? Right. Um, it was a funny man. And then he was in proximity to Doug, and Doug is saying like, "Oh, are you fucking, you're kind of what I want to be,
2: tall, handsome,
1: uh, yeah." But also like you know, Chevy did have a, you know, fucking. They all had a huge inferiority complex around Doug, and they yeah, would, that's they, they why it works so well. Everybody yeah. thinks
2: they're nothing and yeah. yeah.
1: try yeah. extra hard. That's yeah, right, yeah. And um, until it's annoying, right? But yeah, that's the thing where they're going like, oh yeah, well, fucking, you know, there's nobody as smart as Doug, like, right. and um, uh, like I said, um, you know, just the good, um, the good intuition, uh, on set, uh, he was doing constant rewrites with Brian Zola Murray and Bill Murray, all like, like, don't, like, cause like you're kind of figuring it out as you film, right? Um, and he's getting the rhythms down, and he's going like, okay, well, I want to, you know, um. You know, kind of build out uh, Bill Murray's character more and, and they left a lot of stuff, you know, up to improv and then they were just kind of like uh, this Chevy character has to meet this Bill Murray character and that's when they get to really fuck around in improv and that's when it's, it's well, cooler pon, pond, pond, pond for you. <laughs> uh, and he was saying, um, Chevy was like, it was very hard to keep a straight face with the stuff Bill was improvising in that scene. Um, and, cool
2: and, over there, um, Briar?
1: and and keep up, yeah, and uh, and they said you know M- Murray was kind of weird because he was like um a little bit resentful of being like the buffoon, yeah, so he would kind of flex sometimes, and sometimes he would come in and be the amazingly charming
0: Bill Murray, right? Um, but like, I mean, his
2: character steals the sh- like the movie.
0: Well, I mean, especially that the this scene with the dolly. He's talking about the Dalai yeah. Lama. Lama the llama, llama, big hitter, of the llama, yeah. They great little fucking clips, and he's like, um,
1: when he's talking, when Chaddy's talking to Caddy and the Danny or something. Yeah, uh-huh. Danny, do you do drugs every day? Good. Oh okay. good. Like it's it's so fucking. Oh, we'll, we'll needs stitch
2: stickers. We'll need stitch It's so stickers. natural. It's yes. so fucking yes. good,
1: and um, you know, and then it got this thing where uh I think it was a four hour cut, and they were going like, "Dude, what the fuck is this?" All right. And then Maddie was bringing in people to kind of chop it up, and uh,
2: which they were very good at.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah total pros. <laughs> um, and then they were like, okay, you know, there's something resembling a movie now. And um, and then they had the whole thing about introducing the Beaver as this foil to Bill Murray. Oh, okay. And right. and, and and Doug was just aghast at that. Like, uh, it uh, seems uh,
2: a very non-Doug Kenny thing.
1: Yeah, O'Donohue would give sh- like a, a shit to a writer on the on the lampoon who was doing Sesame Street stuff, and then when he got to SNL, uh, <laughs> he was expected to do something for the puppets, and he goes, "I don't write for felt." <laughs> and he, he was he was really like hated that shit. Um, and so Doug had this thing in his head was you know battling cocaine and um, you know uh, having fights with his girlfriend. Um, and, uh, just, uh, being like, oh, yeah, fucking Caddyshack's a pile of shit. And he just kind of, like, said it to people that were, um... Jesus Christ, close really? Close to them. yeah,
2: um, uh, well, and... Then, uh... You got Dangerfield and Kenny Loggins,
0: like... And you got Dangerfield... It's not gonna be a total piece Dangerfield of Dangerfield doing Dangerfield jokes. Yeah. yeah I they mean, have, just, like...
2: This is the worst I've ever seen. It oh, looks good oh, on you, though.
0: Yeah. You play a head like this, you get a Free, free, bowl, free bowl of soup. soup. <laughs> Yeah, they had... Oh, she oof. must have been something before electricity.
2: Oof, boy, know, I know, I know Tiger's eat, young.
1: Man. Yeah. And Dangerfield was partying and up with Doug and him. Oh, them. I uh, bet. Uh, yes.
2: God, dude, I would become a coke addict to do, it, to do it with Dangerfield. Yeah.
1: Oh, my God, I know.
2: I would leave you all in dust. Calling up fucking
1: Ron Jeremy and shit. Yeah.
2: Hey,
0: this guy can suck his own dick. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's really blowing his own horn. I don't need you here anymore. This guy can suck his own dick. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> Ron Jeremy declared unfit for trial. Really? Yeah, as recently as yesterday.
0: He did look like shit.
2: Oh, God, he looks like the Crypt Keeper, dude. Yeah. Why is he unfit for trial? Because he's fucking senile. Is he? Well, that's their
0: case. That's their case. Point. They always get fucking
1: dumb when they get... But he's get, like, everybody like... Everybody gets accused damn. of rape. They always come in on a I walker. Can't do, yeah, yeah. How
2: could I how rape? How could I? Yeah. I'm
0: just a, why, why
2: would I rape? I can suck my own dick. I'm a simple <laughs> porn man. Why would I do that? Why? <laughs>
1: So Doug is kind of freaking out about Caddyshack, and um, he really needed it to be something. Um, And it it was playing in that that wheelhouse of of stuff he knows, and then he gets really carried away with it, and he's putting all these personal touches on it and stuff, and he's feeling like, um, you know, uh, a Hollywood outcast, and and just like on the outside of everything, kind of. Um, but in his own circle that he kind of created the whole brand of all of this cultural shit going on in humor, obviously everybody's going like, what do you have to worry about? Like you're Doug Kenny. Yeah. You are the fucking guy. Like even Lauren Michaels is like, yeah, man, do you want to come? Right. And like, he's like, you know, kind of no, man. Fuck you. <laughs> like mm-hmm. you kind of stole so, my shit, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. And also they were so mad too. Cause they felt like Lauren Michaels was inferior. They were like, uh, the guy from laughing, Where it makes, like, the Midwest feel comfortable with counterculture shit, because you say, you bet your sweet bippy, which means nothing. Right. And they were just kind of like, oh, Mm. yeah, this is the guy that's ripping off, you know, Henry Beard and Doug Kenny, like, mm." Mm. But
0: he also fucking...
2: Try saying, you bet your sweet (laughs) bippy.
0: Yeah. (laughs) "Mm, What if if it was, like, bippy? I mean, Lauren wasn't writing, he was just, you know... Well, no, he was always it, it, writing. It, it be, He's always credited as a writer still to this day. Yeah, but I, th- I think that's more of just li- like editing or listening to the writers and saying, oh, this I think one, he still two. throws in
1: stuff for sure.
0: But Uh-oh. not in the way that like Kenny and these guys are doing it. You know, like, these, like n- their contributions. Hey man, he wrote to Three album.
2: Amigos with Paul Newman. Oh, is that true? <laughs> not Paul Newman, Randy Newman.
0: Oh, he wrote Rand- Three Amigos with Randy Newman? Yeah, Randy
2: Newman is credited writer on Three
0: Amigos. Interesting. And Lauren Michaels? And Lauren Michaels. Weird. Wow. And he,
2: uh, Randy Newman plays the singing bush.
0: Nice. Well, that's the Bible for you. Yeah. Well. Okay. Well, I guess I take it back. But so Not yeah, uh,
1: you know there. So there's a thing where you know uh, O'Donoghue, o- like it, it, it was also great too because like you know people felt betrayed by his exit, and 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 uh Natty felt betrayed by the buyout. It was like this thing of like you know they he didn't really. He thought they were all a
0: family, and then like they kind of like bullied into making him pay him out. And, oh, that's weird. The <laughs> such a fucking business owner thing. Like, oh, we're all family here, right? Like, you guys wouldn't fuck me over. I, well, I'm fucking I'll, you. Yeah, over. that's what family. Yeah. Doing. Well, that was the thing where
1: Doug did say to him, "Hey, we're partners, and nobody's gonna try to fuck you over." And then in the meeting, it was like, "I want my money. I want my money." So yeah, like, but that's
0: not fucking. That's the deals they made. Like that's. It, the I get it. I get it. Get
1: it. Um, but he was like you know uh also i was i was very hands off i you know i let you do whatever you want and uh i kind of went to bat for you guys yeah and it was a total success and it was a total success yeah so um and maddie along the way did have ideas you know that that really famous one of, of the cheerleaders and the one that doesn't have panties on and everybody in the rafters is like oh my god he was like that wait, d- wait, wait can you explain i don't there's like just you know cheerleaders doing a cheer and they're like twirling and like two out of the three you see like big red panties on them and the other one you see bare-assed, and they're in the foreground, but the kids in the bleachers watching them are all, like, mouth agape, you know, like, mm. eyes wide, and uh, that was from Maddie. Maddie was like, the image just came <laughs> to me late at night one night, and I was like, that's, that's <laughs> funny. Oh. Uh, and, uh, you know, um, so, you know, he, he contributed some stuff, and, um, you know, he he... He backed up, all, you know, they, they did have, uh, I mean, they lost advertisers all the time over the dumbest shit. Sure, but they with, you know, they, with they, the sales like, they
0: had, they could always bring in new ones.
1: Yeah, man. It was so funny, though, because it would be over stuff so dumb. Like, they were, like, <laughs> being racist towards the Dutch, so Anakin <laughs> And they're just going, like, you know, uh, it was, like, in a, in a race piss. issue where they just, like, you know, conflated stereotypes. So like, the Swedes when they're not trimming their mustaches and drinking wine and wringing their hair out with grease, participate in a national sport of suicide. <laughs> like shit like that, like just totally fucking insane. When they're trimming their mustaches and wringing their hair out with grease. <laughs> oh, God, it's so stupid. So dumb, you know, but like people would leave over shit like that. And, um, you know, he, uh, he, he, he stuck by them, obviously. But it, it, it was like it got to the point where they were like considering... Maddie was considered mm. considering changing 21st century media to just NL media mm. um, yeah. because it it was such a fucking heavy brand. Um, and uh, so, you know, um, the Caddyshack is not going to be under the National Lampoon banner. It's just going to be kind of like. Uh,
0: yeah, it was National Lampoon's Animal House, but it wasn't National Lampoon's. Right. But well, they did, you know, they did Christmas Vacation and all that. Right. Yes. Vacation uh, was a thing that, you know, it was still um, something to be reckoned with mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, Beverly Angelo, by the way, your old friend. Oh man, she's fantastic. Oh.
1: Yeah, she was talking about like when you went to like LA and you stopped by their house, they were like, best parties, mm-hmm. interesting thinkers, best drugs. Uh it was it was it was the spot mm. to be, you know.
2: Belushies.
1: Oh, <laughs> yeah. <It's> fire hose. <laughs> she's fire hydrant. Mm. God damn. So funny, dude. Um, and so uh and and you know, uh Doug was into being a star, right? Uh, in, in one interview one time he said um, you have to introduce me as the handsomest man in comedy and you look at Doug Kenny he's a very attractive guy yeah, like Doug, okay. very good looking fellow and um, you know he kind of wanted to be like free to be more of this uh an actor would, just would have really been perfect for him. He was already used to assuming these many different roles. Right, right, yeah. You know, and needing the attention. Uh, he didn't like being alone. Mm-hmm. That was a big part of, uh, you can stay over. I'm not asking when you leave. He just, right. Like, I, I don't know if you've ever had a friend like that. Please don't leave. Um, <laughs> but yeah, my, like, I've had friends who like, they always want to hang out. And I'm like, you, you, uh, you just want yeah. company like all the time, huh? And they're like, yeah, dude, you know what I do if I can't get it? I'm like, what? He goes, I call people. And I'm like, fuck, really? And like, so I have like a close friend that's like yeah, that, yeah. Mm-hmm. which I can't understand. <laughs> to a certain point, I kind of get it. Like, you know, I'm like, I'm like itching when I'm going like, ah, oh, who can I get to go out with dinner so I can just talk about shit? You know. I mean? <laughs> and, but then, like one night a week, I'm like, dude, I don't want to fucking see anyone. Right. Yeah. You yeah, know. Yeah. Um, uh, but he was, he so he was kind of in in that. Uh, I always need stimulus. Getting worse with Coke, hanging out with Chevy a lot. Um, Chevy would, um, you know, when they, um, I think it was like when they went out to um, Hawaii, he was going, Doug would be saying, I'm the handsomest man in comedy in the mirror. And he goes, and then I would creep in. I would creep in, and he goes, the second handsomest man. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, you know, Chevy was like, you know, I, I he was my best friend. We were really, really close. But also like fucking people were also like, Man, fuck Chevy. And uh and you know, um Chevy was the one that um after he freaked out, like I said, at the uh the Caddyshack thing, which was held at Dangerfield's comedy club, by the way. Oh really? Yeah, they were all on the dais and he kinda jumped the gun being like, Yeah, it sucks, right? Sucks. Um And Doug did that in public at the, at the, yeah. yeah, I like some kind of like thing about it. And, um, you know, like people made some jokes and stuff. His mom and dad let him out of the room. Oh Christ. Yeah. Like Bill Murray. Yeah. And And,
0: Hey, there's a spot over here for
1: you. Um, (laughs) and so, uh, yeah, he, um, then it was like, you know, he just told uh, his girlfriend at the time, uh, her last name's Walker. Um, he's like, I gotta fucking go and Mm -hmm. we're going to go,
0: uh, some are like Chevy, we need to go in, in California first, then we're gonna, probably going to go to Hawaii. Yeah, Chevy needs to go to California. Uh, Meet give a, this guy, dealer. yeah, he's got to drop off a, a metric ton of tennis balls. Well, and, they, and, and kicking cocaine was supposed to be the thing. Um, but
1: then, you know, after a while, it, it was like uh, uh, he he kind of really got down with tennis uh, with Chevy, and, and he was just kind of going over this part of his life being like, Talking about, here's my whole tennis thing with my dad and Uh FaZe and stuff like that.
0: Oh, sure, sure.
1: And then it was Hawaii and, um, you know, uh, Chevy bounced after they started getting back into Coke again in the tennis balls coming in. Um, And and then his girlfriend came in and then they were like making plans for the house in LA. Um, And they were snorkeling and just like doing like all this fun shit. And uh, then she left. He said he wanted a location scout, of course. And um, then uh, we found um, his shoes and his glasses.
2: Oh my glasses! My
1: glasses
0: and my shoes. Probably Googled like, "How do I slip?" Pass, not- yeah, yeah, how the- to
2: commit suicide when you well, really need to? Is, you know, the book. The book really kind of goes into
1: like how you could be forgiven for like actually slipping. Or, like, the terrain kind of looks like there's something to stand on, but there isn't. Um, but also, yeah, taking off your glasses. What? Um, he had, like, written on the mirror in his hotel room, like, I love you in shaving cream. Oh, God. And it was supposed to be a thing where, like, maybe it was, like, you know, once, like, somebody was going to come back and stuff like that. Because he had he had told his girlfriend he was going to be back in time for this party. Um, and then he talked to, to Chevy and he sounded really depressed, Chevy said. Um, so it was kind of like, yeah, just like still trading characters like on the mm. phone. Mm. Um, but yeah, leaving your glasses when you're kind of blind as a bat,
0: a choice, a, yeah. we- a weird choice to go investigating cliffs. Well, it was kind of, it's kind of like driving without your headlights on.
1: <sighs> yeah. And, and, and the thing where you go like, um, yeah, and then you're going to go investigate cliffs and like he didn't, he didn't fall that far and his body was kind of caught between rocks and stuff. Um, but yeah, it was uh his girlfriend and Chevy um came out to collect the body and they said uh you know, they got some lays and like threw them in the water and like a fucking rainbow appeared <laughs> and stuff like that. Potato um, chips? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They got some lays and yeah. <laughs> threw in the water. <laughs> got to eat just one. But um in the run up to that like people like in his, you know, fucking team were going like hitting him was like Box office numbers being like, hey, dude, it's performing well. Yeah. Like, Caddyshack is, like, I think we all agree, the one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the fucking one. Yeah. Like, um... And, um... Yeah, he just kind of couldn't take, I think, uh... You know, drug addiction mixed with, uh... Just... I mean, but also you'd seen him fail before. Like, Teenage Comics from Outer Space did not work. Right. And then he reinvented and did more stuff. And, um... But I think at the you know the kind of end of it all, it was just a thing where it was like he just never felt like he belonged in his own family, in any class structure. Um, you know, he I I just don't think he he, he didn't he didn't want to grow up, right. and uh, you know, that was you know the thing with him and Peter Ivers, and they both died young, like in totally right. different ways. But um,
0: they were really resisting. I think what they they considered selling out.
2: Well, at least they in they adulthood.
0: Yeah. At least they didn't find a clown hammer next to his shoes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was a thing circus like, hammer. There was a circus. thing too, where like you know the the uh, the stuff about
1: rebellion. Like the uh, this guy Peters, um, who 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 is the like I think it was Streisand's fucking hairdresser. Then they had a fucking affair. Wow, must have been a hell of a hairdresser. And then it was like, and then it's like he's the producer on a Star Is Born, and then he's the producer of Caddyshack. Jesus Christ, good hairdresser. And he shows up, and then they, they were seriously considering having him be the opposite of A Star Is Born instead of Chris Christopherson. This fucking guy. Serious discussion. He's doing hair a couple weeks ago. <laughs> oh, he's doing it well. Um hairdressing? he, he showed up at the set and he was kind of going like, uh, yeah, we're doing this, this and this. And uh, I think we can, um, you know, do it all cheaper and blah, blah, blah. And uh, what do you think? And Doug just goes, I think you if you come here again, you, you better come with a different attitude or don't come at all. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's just like, shut the fuck up. And that was kind of like his thing was like Maddie, too, where he's going like bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. It's our magazine. If Maddie was trying to wade in with anything, he would just be like, dude, fucking suck my dick. You know, um, and so that was the thing. It was like, you know, um, they talked about how the magazine changed and they were going like um, and and, and when, it, when it became like Reagan time, it was like, you know, P.J. O'Rourke started becoming more of right wing P.J. O'Rourke. And he was kind of going like, yeah, I, I I used to be like the fucking Marxist kid in the 60s. And now I'm feeling like, again, the revolution got sold and I'm angry at the liberals as much as, you know, conservatives. And, um, they were saying, like, the attitude was, like, we used to be the ones with our our face on the glass for <sighs> the people inside eating the dinner table, mm-hmm. and now we're at the dinner table. right? And they were just going, like, it, you know, we're, we're getting older, you know? It's changing, you know? And the readership was changing, too. So, it was kind of adapting with that, you mm-hmm. know? Um, but, so, yeah, uh, when, when Doug, I believe, fell, um possibly jumped um people were even throwing around stuff that like he might have uh, uh been stage killed by people that uh, preyed on uh wealthy uh, people like that were also into drugs. Yeah, no, no, classic case. But like nobody was really fucking like looking for whatever um you know, did they check his pockets when they found him? Yeah, and you know, so, and, and they looked looked in his room and uh you know, he had some you know, some obvious plans like written down and stuff like that the and, and then he also had the note um these days are among the happiest i've ever ignored um and that kind of seems like it's funny but it's also very depressing him going through the motions maybe with his girlfriend especially like uh when maybe he is already kind of committed yeah, and, and yeah. he's talked <laughs> about suicide so much over mm-hmm. the years um and yeah so you know they they bring him home they have this funeral um all, all the feuding members of, of national lampoon get together in the same place for the first time uh, <clears throat> Maddie Simmons' kid that was, you know, the tour manager. He's like, It was the first time I saw my dad cry since his brother died, was when Doug Kenny died. And, uh, Peter Ivers did, uh, you know, uh, the harmonica song and then mm-hmm. screamed at the end of it. Uh, Chevy did a eulogy. He was trying to be funny, but he was just crying through tears, um, or speaking through tears. And, um, you know, it was uh, it was fucking crazy. Doug's parents were like kind of shocked. Um, there was this thing too where they were like, the you know, the lampoon or college people might have been looking at the Hollywood people there being like, We blame you, mm, yeah. Um, that was going on, and uh, you know, um, it, you know, it was uh, it made PG O'Rourke quit the lampoon. He was going like, He's like, He's like. I don't want to get too fucking like, you know, fucking embarrassing about it basically, but he was like, he was like it was like a force of nature had died and I needed to get out of the way. Yeah. And just hand it off the reins to somebody else cuz he was going like he was like it was like being told spring wouldn't come. <laughs> you know, um which is just fucking insane and um the the book ends with this amazing th- fucking anecdote from Chevy where he goes He's like, this friend of mine was going out to this psychic in Long Island. And he goes, um He means his friend or Beverly? <laughs> uh
0: <laughs>
1: D'Angelo? Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. You didn't say. Maybe D.
4: <laughs>
1: but he goes, uh she she was trying to contact some dead family member and um and they, it wasn't working. And 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 he reluctantly agreed he wasn't into that shit. And he and the psychic says, Is there anybody you uh want to talk to? And he goes, I have a friend I, I, I think about all the time. And she goes, he's here. <laughs> she goes, he said he left his glasses on the cliff and his death was uh stupid and embarrassing. <laughs>
2: what? <laughs> and then she goes,
1: then she goes, he's funny, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, Jeffy was like, I hadn't told her a fucking thing. <sighs> um
2: Beverly did.
1: But yeah, <laughs> that's uh yeah, that's the uh, that's the, the Doug Kenny story. I think, you know, it's um it's a thing where it's uh, mostly, my assessment was,
0: bad place to be born a sensitive genius. Right. Uh, maybe the wrong genius family. Genius pain, dude. Yeah, but at the same time, you know, does he does he do, go and do what he did if he's not born there? I mean, for him, in some ways, bad for his long-term life, mm-hmm. but yeah. for his comedy aspirations. He left his entire
1: estate to his family. millions and millions of dollars and I think it was this thing where he like he could never measure up even after he oh definitely before 30 buying them like vacation homes in the Hamptons and just like you know his buyout money he didn't know what to do with it like he said right he was like a mattress on the floor guy and he just spent money on his parents like uh and you know uh just also just generously around they were saying like it was like ridiculous like uh uh he, he thought it was absurd um, what, he, what he said about the buyout too? He's like, he's like, he's like, I don't need contracts, nobody does. He goes, he's like, whatever happened with that buyout? He's like, I still don't understand. Um, he he definitely had like this childlike approach to finances, mm. um,
0: and I think it's it's also bolstered by knowing you're gonna succeed too. <laughs> like you're like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there is a little bit of privilege in that, you know, coming from Harvard and no, but um, he wasn't a rich kid though. Don't forget. He still val- like he valued. right, money, but, but, but he, he wasn't a poor kid. He well, no, but he was not. He was not the freedom to not care about the uh, yeah, finances. But, he, he,
1: but he, like the guy
0: from Sugarland Falls is not going to be like an easy. He's got to work his way into Harvard. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, yeah, and he did. But you know, to to not care about the buyout in that much of a way either. You, I don't know. It kind of feels like you're putting on a little bit of a brave face on that. Not you. I mean him, you know?
1: Well, it's, it's a lot different you than Henry Beard being like, fuck you. I'm yeah, taking well, money exactly money. Yeah. The guy with the pipe. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, he was kind of going like, uh, uh, he would just pay things out of like out of his pocket that he thought would be good for Lampoon. Right. He'd be like, this guy can do an amazing cover or let's like, let's get him to do it. You know, uh, just for the sake of it. Um, and uh, yeah, funding a lot of people's, you know, uh, just giving loans and stuff yeah, like to yeah. the Belushi's and shit and being like, oh,
2: fuck, where'd it go?
1: They said, I they said, oh, it's a tennis ball. No, they said, they said, Judith said, uh, when we paid him back, he
0: goes, oh, you're the first person to pay me back, which means he had given out a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. To, um, yeah. Giving money to comic people, com- comedians is. Uh, but that was his style too, though. You know what
1: I mean? It was like, he, he was always like in a fucking apartment, like, he, he, you know. Like, oh, he, well, he he lived in new york yeah but like the house was for the parents yeah, you know what yeah, i mean sure, sure. he wasn't going to buy himself a house um but yeah you know fascinating guy i don't think he, you know he he fit in everywhere and yet i think he felt like he fit in nowhere and then i think um the pressure that he put on himself um and uh just really carrying, I mean, a lot of the family stuff. That would come up a lot with his, you know, his last girlfriend. He would yeah. talk about, you know, the uh, the childhood stuff and, and his family. And, um, you know, uh, like, he had already gotten, you know, successful by the time he could pay for, like, his little sister's higher education. Right, right. Like, good private <clears throat> schools and stuff like that. He did all that shit. Yeah. And it seemed like it was just kind of like... um well, you're still not doing anything serious, so you're kind of a jerk off. Was like the attitude, like from his dad. For, yeah, from his dad, especially.
0: Yeah, was it? Was it kind of like you know? It's like, well, you should be paying for it, considering that you make joke money. Oh, well, like,
1: yeah, I don't I like know, your brother. Uh, yeah, there was more stuff Dead. with like you know he had he
0: knew like um,
1: his dad worked for like some company that was kind of like a, a military contractor, a big mm-hmm. polluter, stuff like that. So they had some, they had some. When you have an honest Real job. Real problems like that. He was, he was a, a very sweet and very serious, like, you know, kind of peaceful guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, like, Brian Dolan Murray was, like, rude to a waitress one time. And he's like, dude, Doug gave me, like, a 30-minute dressing down. <laughs> about, like, and, and, we were, and we were talking about customer service people being shitty to us. Uh-huh. And he's like, but then when Doug got bad with coke and stuff like that, like, he, like, laid into, like, a major D one time. And somebody was going, like, oh, yeah, he's
0: fucking... Yeah, well, you, I mean, you can imagine, like you know, he's he's going through all these worlds, and with the drugs too, he's he's he stops becoming whatever he and knows he knew, and, about himself, you yeah. know. So he goes through these different worlds, and he goes to Harvard after not wanting to, like after hating working for those rich people, and he becomes one of these rich people, and then he's doing coke and he's berating a major D hmm. after getting on Brian Doyle Murray for berating, like you know being rude to a waitress. Yeah. But you can see how like all of a sudden he's like, Who am I? Right. I'm not Yeah I'm and not had, even a guy I respect.
1: Yeah, and he had the other thing too, where like uh you know like smart guys, um, you know, when they're in these these foul moods, like my dad. <laughs> um <laughs> They can like say like the most cutting. They really, things. they can really they can hurt really people. Really reduce people. you and like hit you on places that they didn't, you didn't even know you were sensitive yeah. about. And, and
0: it's, it's something that they oh. didn't probably like, you know, they thought about it. It's something that occurred to them in a thought, right? Mm. Like.
2: And days, hours, yeah. weeks before, and, and, and then and it just comes out because
1: they're because they're drunk it's or also, high. It's, but it's also something they really mean about themselves. Right. Nine times uh, yes, yes, out yes. Of 10. But it
0: only comes out because they're drunk or high.
1: Yes, yeah. So he, he was getting you know kind of crazy that way, and um, you know he he had felt like this. Uh, I think imposter. I think a Hollywood imposter. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. a, a a publishing imposter. Well, it sounds
0: like he felt like an imposter about most things in his life, other than. Yeah, yeah. You know, he, sitting uh, in an office writing. They said jokes. like just
1: being at, at at Harvard that like he was like bemused that like I can't what the fuck am I doing here, like this is all this is all ridiculous. Yeah, but also he knew what was good, um and and he, and he did yearn for attention, and and accolade. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, um, and he did soak it up. Like when it was like a like a big hit, like Animal House or something. Like he would be like beaming, right? You know, but he didn't
0: think that about Caddyshack.
1: Uh no. And and I think like the early reviews were like kind of soft. Um but yeah, and he just was very impatient. I think he just had these crazy standards. But like yeah, duh, dude, like they can't all be the
0: highest-selling comedy of all time. You've only done two. Right. You know. Um Did Katy Shack not do that well financially at the box office? I just think like
2: it 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 found legs later.
1: Yeah,
0: It definitely found legs yeah. later. Which sure. is also yeah. how the
2: magazine went. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah.
1: magazine was word of mouth. Yeah. You know? Um, and it's like, fuck, that's okay. You know? like, um, But it's, it's still the superior movie by far. Oh, yeah. Um,
2: and maybe that's because there was less, you know, maybe more people got involved in the writing. Like, he compromises were made, and it wasn't just a Doug Kenny vision.
1: No, no, he yeah. was very he was very much behind it. It was just that really that gopher shit at the end. Oh, okay. And it feeling like um maybe final edit had been taken away. Mm-hmm. And he was just going like, oh yeah, it's fucking dumb. But like, yeah, those are the only things that really stand out as bad now. I, I mean it, I, is like the dumb gopher shit. So, you know, but it's still not like enough to destroy the movie by any no, means. No, 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 no.
2: It it's it it makes it it's own thing. It's it's not quite National Lampoon. Yeah, yeah. Yes. It's its own thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. And maybe that ate at him, too. I don't know.
0: I mean, the Caddy, so Caddyshack made 10, at least 10 times the return of its budget.
1: Yeah. I'm mean, Pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Like, fucking insane. Like, you know, I mean, the guy wasn't... You know, the thing is, like, after you make the highest-selling comedy of all time, like, bro, they'll give you a couple tries in Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, huh? yeah, yeah. Like, a couple. Yeah. yeah. You make an okay-selling movie, like... If you make a movie at all in Hollywood, like chances are they'll give you a second shot. <laughs> They're just like, oh, you didn't yeah. do that? Yeah. Like, that's not a joke.
0: Yeah. That's yeah. really
1: true. 100%. They're like, oh, you've, you've done this uh, before. Yeah. Full length um,
2: yeah, feature. Oh, okay. Sure. Yeah.
1: Here's a little more money, even, you know? <laughs> yeah. And so I think that was the thing, like, too. Like, the check came up to like six to eight million, which is still low stakes, uh, you know? But for the original Animal House being 2.5.
0: Oh, you mean the budget?
1: Yeah, because they had like by then Bill Murray. The budget was it
0: said I think it said four four to six. Chevy Chase, like they had more high like you know fucking star like caliber people, and uh, also I mean bigger locations too. Yeah, yeah, they were done in Florida, I think. No, 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 they I believe it was it was, I think the the, I think most of the filming. Oh no, maybe that's Animal House. Yeah, it's done in Oregon. Okay, yeah. yeah, no, they uh they specifically went to one that had no palm
1: trees, so it could be passed off. Ice. Oh, okay, like huh. the Midwest. Yeah, yeah, um, but they found yeah some cheaper location in uh Fort Lauderdale area. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know it fucking did it works, man. It's fucking incredible movie. The first time I saw it, I died laughing. Oh, yeah. And I was, uh, like, that, 30. Really? <laughs> yeah. First dude. time you saw it? First time I saw it. Oh. My, uh, we were at my friend Chris's house. Uh, or, no, my, my buddy Joe's mom's house. And Chris was like, yo, let's do Caddyshack. And I was like, I've never done Caddyshack. And he's like, for real? I was like, yeah, bro. And then, I mean, I, I was just fucking losing it. Like, I mean, the priest saying God is dead. Or like or oh. God is, there is no God or whatever. Like, it was just laugh after laugh. I couldn't believe how fucking well it held up. Yeah. Um... But yeah, Doug Kenny, basically, uh, the um, you know, there is those seismic things in comedy mm-hmm. uh, and the main actors behind them. And he's, you know, we think about our generation is like um, 90s SNL, Conan, Dana Carvey show, like that crew, you know, with Dino mm-hmm. and fucking Louis right. and like Smigel and all those guys. And you're like, uh, okay, and, and, it, and it's just a tone. Yeah, you know yeah.
0: what I mean. A living color, like that kind of. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Jim Carrey, yeah. And 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 Doug Kenny was definitely you know the architect
1: of that tone. Yeah, for, for that generation. For that yeah, generation, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and like uh, and for
2: us, it's Keenan Ivory Wayans.
1: That's it, as mm-hmm. it's always
2: been. I'm gonna get you, sucker. <laughs> <laughs> hey, everyone. We're all gonna get laid. (laughs) That's exactly how it's said in the movie. (laughs) Hey, everyone. We're all gonna get sex. Hey, everyone. Hey, everybody. Hey, everybody. We're all gonna get laid.
1: (laughs) Do you like Michael Jackson?
2: Hey, everybody.
1: (laughs) Not like Mike Tyson. Like Michael
2: Jackson. (laughs) Hey, all you kids. (laughs) kids. (laughs) I'm gonna get laid. Hey, everybody. Hey, everybody. ignorance. Hey, hey McCully, we're all going to get hey. laid. Hey, Corey. McCully. <laughs> Kieran. Corey. Tito. A, you're all going to get laid. <laughs> Bubbles. <laughs> hey, Bubbles. <laughs> Let's do some damage tonight. <laughs> Let's really tear the roof off. Let's really. Play some about, pipe. I'm talking about really getting after it. Let's get, let's <laughs> really. let's get bad. I'm let's gonna, beat it. Let's tee off. Let's thrill them.
0: <laughs> let's gonna, really get let's, off the let's, wall. Let's thrill them. I
2: wanna be bad. <laughs> you know,
1: <laughs> your butt is mine.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not like the other boys. <laughs>
1: Yeah, Doug Henning. It was a beautiful story. I kind of, like, along the way, I was going, like, oh, man, fucking O'Donoghue is probably fucking,
0: like, right for a profile. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Uh, God. God. Uh,
1: uh, Maniac. There's a book about him called Mr. Mike, and I, I'm, like, I'm fucking interested because um
0: he's, I mean, fucking, I think he died of, like, a crazy brain hemorrhage. Like. Probably. Yeah, he was fucking... Well, it wouldn't uh, be a normal brain hemorrhage for that guy.
2: Yeah, they're, like... Why don't you run to the mill?
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. No, it's not- that's yeah, super sudden meme. and uh
1: but he's just such a fucking lunatic I mean I it really that. was like Travis Bickle as a comedy writer yeah like it was just like you're going like
2: so Joaquin Phoenix is the Joker
1: <laughs> yeah kind of
2: Joaquin <laughs> you
1: get what you fucking deserve um fellas I hope you enjoyed that well yourself. thank you John yeah, yeah that was great
2: and the fact that we're hey, all no gonna idea. get laid is great yeah fact that
1: we're,
0: hey, once, again. once again hey
2: we're all gonna get laid
0: yeah <laughs> <sighs> Uh, um, I mean just if you have a movie Where you can do Dangerfield can do Dangerfield stuff. Yeah oh,
1: God it's so good man <laughs> Um, They also they, like, they also said Like you know With Animal House They are going like You gotta be like The most raun- Like raunchy Raunchest motherfucker But like You have to play it In a way where we have To like Bluto Yeah Like it Ooh. has to You have to make it endearing Like we have to be like There's some kind of soft kindness under this. I mean, when otherwise he, it'll be too far. And they were like, Belushi just got
0: that. Like, when he a says, "This is it, get it," and he has this like tsh, uh? this, this impish grin. And you're like, I get it. That's yeah, really, that's really. They were like, funny. they were Not like, right? they were like
1: on the page. You'd yeah. be like, this is fucking too crass. Yeah, and they were like, but he got like the thing of like, yeah, you got to be some kind of grounding force. In this fucking anarchy. Yeah. Was uh, it over when the Germans built Pearl Harbor? That's the chaotic thing. neutral. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And like that's the thing, like you know, again about seeing like all those early stage shows and the radio stuff. Like that crew coming in was like, man, they were fucking firing on all cylinders. Mm-hmm. Like they were fucking incredible, dude. Yeah, and, it was and they were really, hungry.
0: Yeah. It was real next generation, which stuff. is crazy
2: because yeah. they're on so much coke. Like, <laughs> you
0: can't eat. Yeah, yeah. No, they, were and for, they were hungry uh, for talking. Uh, That's and tacos that. which are uh,
2: teenagers.
0: Teenage communist 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 from outer space. Right, mm-hmm. space. Not a great acronym. Horny, horny. horny. So fucking horny. <laughs> All
1: right, fellas, let's get out of here. I'm gonna say good night. My name is John Fahy. I'm Aaron Peter My Good night, everybody. We love you. Good night.
4: A podcast network.